<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Uh, this is the return, the return of Lewis Black, who I, I don't know, I told Val when I got home after this one, I was like, I have a weird connection <laughs> with Lewis Black. Whenever we're together, we have a great time. We always go deep. We always have big laughs. He's just, he's a solid, sweet, kind, funny, deeply interesting person. And I'm so glad he's here back on the show. He has a uh, special, a full special that's available on uh, YouTube right now, which is called Tragically, I Need You. You got to check that out. And uh, not much, not much else to say. We're going to get right into it. I just want to plug, what do I want to plug? I have my monthly Largo show. The last one was incredible. It was sold out. Sarah Silverman was there. It was so fun. Incredible show. The next one is in November. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets to that. If you would like to come see Pete Holmes living at Largo. The rest of my tour dates are at PeteHolmes.com. I'm going to be in Bloomington, Indiana, Washington, D.C., and in Chicago, Illinois. If you saw me in Chicago or D.C. recently, this is a new hour. And I'm thrilled with it, and I hope you like it. Uh, so it'll be a different hour than the one you saw last time I was in town. So go to PeteHolmes.com for those and all of the tour dates on the Feeling It Tour. We're calling this one the Feeling It Tour. I also have a Netflix special coming out on October 24th. Gosh, that's very, very soon. So please, 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 uh, I love it. Worked hard on it. I, ho- I think it's my best one yet. Go on Netflix and watch I Am Not For Everybody on October 24th. And from that point on, so check that out, please. This, spe- uh, this special, this episode is brought to us by our friends at Brain FM. I was just using Brain FM. This is a new Pete's pick. It's a part of my daily creative routine for years, and I'm so happy to be partnering with them. What is it? It's specially curated music that helps you drop into your focus, into your relaxation. For me, I use it to get into that flow state. Every morning, I sit down at my computer, throw on these very headphones, hit focus, hit creative flow. Lo-fi is my favorite genre, and boom, it drops me into the pocket, ready to work, create, and focus. Without it, I find it so much harder to complete tasks. I procrastinate. Uh, I can't meet deadlines, even my own deadlines. But with Brain FM, I'm signaling to, to my brain, literally, that it's time to get things done, and it works. What is it? On the surface, it seems just like an app that gives you the perfect background music for creative work, study, reading, meditation, relaxation, and sleep. And that is true. It is incredible music to work or read or meditate to. But under the surface, it's so much more than that. Brain FM's composers work hard to create amazing sounding music that doesn't distract and uses their patented audio technology to boost your mental states on demand. Brain FM scientists and composers add patterns to their music that change the patterns in your brain, creating increased blood flow and electrical activity in the brain and increasing focus in as little as five minutes. Regular music is, of course, designed to distract you. So you're constantly having to stop, skip songs, change songs, pulling you out of that flow. Now with Brain FM, you don't have to think about it at all. You can stop the skipping. Brain FM has a wide variety of sounds and genres from nature soundscapes to lo-fi electronic music that get you in that zone almost immediately without having to pick the perfect playlist. And it's science-backed. Brain FM actually has the scientific research to back up their claims through close collaboration with neuroscientists and a wide array of field experiments and testing. And it's not made by computers it's made by actual human multi-instrumentalist composers so get in that flow get the perfect work music get those patterns into your brain to increase that flow and creativity and that focus or that relaxation or that meditation 
Go to brain.fm slash weird and you will get 30% off your first year of Brain FM and start getting more done with less effort and unlock your best self on demand. Experience the difference that the right music can make in your life. Brain.fm slash weird for 30% off your first year. All right, everybody, enjoy the return of the one and only Lewis Black. Get into it. Here, grab that microphone and uh, <coughs> let out a, a concerning cough. It's concerning. That's yeah, really. <laughs> I've had that since the fires. Really? Can I tell you something? I dated a lady for about a year, and she smoked. And I, at the time, I was so codependent. I'm still, you know, I have to keep an eye on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> it's not my strongest suit. Codependence? Yeah, I'm not a big codependent. I'm, no, I know. I'm a super, but it depends. You're it depends a self-reliant. It depends on the day of the week. Is that true? Yeah. You fluctuate? Sip that coffee. I'll finish this boring yeah. anecdote. Anyway, I, I was so codependent, I would, I would bum cigarettes from her. I swear to God, I felt bad that she was the only one smoking. No. Have you ever heard no, of such a thing? Crazy. No, I, I've I've grown. I, this is before <laughs> therapy. I'm just turning this off. Let me turn mine off. Do it. Wow, I really enjoy talking to you. <laughs> you are so out of your fucking mind. Well, I mean, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm like, I, I'm sort of having a, a romantic feeling for that version of myself. <laughs> he was so good for material. Now I'm out there... Being healthy, being like re- reasonably balanced, but she would smoke, and I would smoke. So I wasn't smoking more than a couple. Certainly not even every day. Yeah. But only a couple. And speaking of coughs and the fires, I have when I laugh really hard now, which I will. I I'm going to predict in this hour I'll cough, and it's just because I smoked a couple cigarettes well, for a year. Off and on. I have not, We're so fragile. I've not smoked Grab since. Grab that. I haven't smoked since 2017. Oh, I forgot you were a smoker. I was a smoker. So part of it is, but I didn't, it didn't really, you know, I've had a cough. Yeah. Um, and they said that would go away and, and it didn't go away. But we, When but, you quit. Yeah. They were I'm, like, I'm here to tell you, you it's never going to go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> really. And you have no degrees uh, in, in I don't in even need one. You can frame as many pieces of paper, this guy. Frame as many pieces of paper as you want. Well, that represents a lot of time in school. It's not just a piece of paper. Uh, but yes, I don't have any degrees. Yeah, no, and uh, but I really, but it kicked in. We were in Wisconsin, mm. and and they, the the day afterwards, they were, you know, you turn the TV on and whatever, you know, town you're in, and they're going, well, you know, those fires in Canada really destroyed our air quality yesterday. It was, you yeah, know, really dangerous for you to be. Well, you, now you're telling me you fucking assholes. <laughs> now we're talking. We are so fragile. Does that ever occur to you? We were, uh, we moved outside of the city. We're up in Ojai, and rain almost took us out. Rain. Like we're so- are you living outside the city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is just... Uh... We rent this place to our friend Kate. Is that right? And every every week Kate doesn't know who the guest is. And this week I said, oh boy, oh boy, 
Kate's a Jew. <laughs> Kate's a Jew. Kate is Jewish. And she gets very excited for the Jewish guests. And I was like, well, I have the King Jewish guest. I couldn't wait. And I go, Louis Black. And she gives me the most vacant look. And I go, Jesus Christ, Kate. I go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and close the door on her. As I was closing the door, she went, <gasps> but I was like, how big do you have to be, baby? Yeah, well, that's the story. That's the way things are. No. You, you go away for, a, you know, they lock you up for a few years with yeah. COVID, you know, with the, the pandemic, and well, then you come back out. Even if you come up with your podcast, even with yeah. my fucking podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. In you which want- I don't talk to anybody except yeah. myself. <laughs> just you. Just me. With all can- that burst style where you're just ranting. Yes. Yeah. I just, but what I do is read the rants of other people. Oh, other rants. I read, I read uh, when I start about 2016 or something, yeah. I started on stage after the, the show would end, I'd come back out and I would read rants from people. You'd yell, wait, wait, area. don't leave. There's more for 10 minutes. Yeah. Please sit back down. And then we more. would broadcast it throughout the world. <laughs> it, went, it. it was sent throughout the world for free so somebody could watch. It was my version. Okay, you're not going to give me a TV show, you fucks. I'm going to do this. I'm going way back to the beginning. Yeah. To where I'm standing there with a script in my hands yeah. in front of a microphone. Yeah. You know, I'm, and uh, I'm, that's it. And doing other people's rants and then ranting about their rants? And then uh, uh, contributing at times or sometimes you don't have to, disagreeing. Yeah. Or sometimes, sometimes you're just doing it. Sometimes, But most of the, a lot of the times they got so good yeah. these rants when it was finally once they got the hang of it once these these folks were like oh i can write in his voice which is i'm not a tough voice to write it no and once you found that's that, a great compliment well i think you know i'm agreeing and i think there's a great compliment oh, yeah. in there that we should take a minute to yeah. smell because yeah. it's so fragrant <laughs> and delicious if you're easy to all the greats are easy to impersonate actors and comedians yeah, and, and you're i never one of them. thought of it i just thought of it as kind of like yeah. simple-minded you know like, I agree, but I remember seeing, even in New York when I was coming up, there was a guy that would go, and I was like, I'd you know call foul on the play, <laughs> yeah, but, which is fine. Maybe he was just trying you on for a week. Well, well that's what happens, and that's and what plus, you got to do. Know, I understand. Well, and also is that other thing that happens when, which you know, as a comic, you you leave, you come back, you know, two days later, you're working with an opening act, and then you like three days after that. Just something is stuck in your head, and you do something you want to fuck. Did. Yeah, I've and seen not, that. Not, yes, not specifically the words, but just you know something oh, yeah. that you pick up. My okay, the guy, that, the man that I'm touring with right now, Matt McCarthy. I'm watching both of us bleed into each other. You know what I mean? And we just talk about it like it's a completely normal phenomenon, like married partners. That yeah. look like each other. Yeah. Or you ever see two married people and they're both wearing Apple watches, but they're like a little too old or maybe they're new or something. Yeah. And you're like, you bought that together, you fucking sick bucks. You know what I mean? There's something kind of gross about it. They're both wearing hokas. Oh, you both went out and got hoka shoes? Yeah. Who, who, who shot first? And then the husband's like, I'll wear hokas. I'll wear a peach colored shoe. And now they're doing it. <laughs> see, you are fun. I'm just enjoying. You're like this permission for me to be like, you goddamn fucks. <laughs> it's good though. No, it's, it's healthy. Like, what well, is healthy? But what's so funny to me is you're like the you're you're very sweet to me. I appreciate, and you're a very sweet person. Yes, and then, I took a compliment so- just from a fact. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that, Lewis. I am very sweet. And then to you. you snap. Yes, and, then and to snap. watch you, someone like you snap or Ray Romano snap. Yeah, you know, it was way. He's way further as a presentational. Yeah, yeah. sweet guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him do this. You'll 
just as a sidebar. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is a sidebar. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck that we means. We can install one. So I don't know what that means. I don't. It's something. I, it's, I think it's when you're in an airplane and the concession cart is briefly next to you. That's a sidebar. <laughs> just the only for a moment. You're like, just, I'm uh, the sidebar. And then it moves on. And we were in, um, I was in uh, the comedy cellar back before it exploded. In the room that was like uh, a squash court. Yes. And um, uh, and it was me, David Tell. There was someone else who I can't, somebody else who you'd know immediately in the audience would know. And, uh, and Ray Romano. And it, there's like 18, 20, 30 people in the room. And, um, and Ray is like in his fifth year of... Uh, oh, this uh, is when Ray is on. Ray, Ray is big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ray is huge. Yeah. And... And Dave is, we're, we're all kind of, you know, in our, in some of us are in our sweet spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, That's like Insomniac Dave. That's a similar peak, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a hot table. So it's a hot group of people. Yeah, this is a daily in, show for you too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And also I was touring, and Dave and I had been kind of put on, we, we had become the faces of Comedy Central in part because it, on Fridays they would... You do a bunch of clips and Dave and I would do stuff in between. We were the yeah. Segway guys. Can I, by the way, say that that sweet time of life was when only celebrities were on Instagram? Meaning like, remember music videos? I was yeah. just thinking yeah. about this. Like, fucking uh, Cheryl Crow is like, all I want to do is have some fun. She's drinking a beer in a bar and we're like, oh my God! <laughs> Images and music! It's because she was the only one who had Instagram. You had to be yeah. on TV. Yeah. To be like consumable in that way, and now it, who fucking cares? You drop a music video that could be a guy flying in space for real, and nobody cares. Nobody. So cares. this is yeah. a magical time. Yeah. You and Attell were the only people on Comedy Central's Instagram. Instagram, yeah, or channel, channel, and then and actually, and I was, and I was doing an internet interview show with comics. Okay. And then until they threw us off, for some reason. They <laughs> this threw has us no off future. Comics yeah. talking yeah. for long periods has no future. Right, yeah. Let's cancel this now. Yeah. So I knew, I knew I was once again. If they, you know, they would pick up at some point, and I'd get fucked. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was great. You know, it was really so. It was this great group of you know, and I'm like all excited. So the, I forget it gets up first, and they just eat it. I mean, nothing. The audience does not care. They don't give a shit. A couple more, four more people show up. Maybe five. Uh, David, and we're watching, and we're Everyone's all, eating shit. And, but, but we're all thinking as we're watching that guy, whoever it was, who's funny, and there's that part of your head going, oh, man, it's it's horrible, but it's kind of great, because we never get, this is somebody who never gets fucked over. He's getting fucked over. I won't get fucked over. Yeah, yeah. Because I've already watched him go, so I figure not ways to deal with it. David Tell gets up. Fucking, and Dave is always kill. I've, I've never seen Dave not kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll go into a cul-de-sac, but he comes out. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, he... <laughs> what a great way to put it. Just a suffering cul-de-sac. Yeah, but he circles around. He circles yeah, around, true. comes back out. He did this, he circles, circle, flush. Then it's... <laughs> then it's. Uh, Wait, does he not do well? He does okay. Oh, no, he flushes right down the toilet. Oh, flush bad. Bad, everybody. Because flush goes, is really good. Yeah, he, uh, no, but not a flush... <laughs> If you're the turd, fuck his back. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're so, about to get eaten by yeah, a seal. No, and he is gone. <laughs> okay. So he goes, and it's, and the audience now is bigger, and they're nothing. I mean, it's not even, they're not yelling, they're not, they're just not a laugh, just kind of, now, you know, it's like we're saying to each other, maybe, 
Maybe somebody should go up and ask if they speak our language, yada, yada, you know, something. You know, one of those that they could, because you know. The- Guys, I'm not kidding. Is that thing on? <laughs> like, it's not, not a bet. Like, somebody check. But it's also that comedy seller thing that you'd have 12, you know, 12 Iraqis show up. Who's, yeah, you oh, know, that's true. Or 12 Kurds, and they didn't speak English. Absolutely. You know, they just come there because they'd heard. Right, right. So that's what we thought, but that, that was only, a, there was a couple of them, but it wasn't that. Ray gets up, which is where we're, yeah, you know, yeah, now yeah. that we get to the, the part of the story, and, and Ray uh, Ray starts out, and it's not working, and it's his stuff, you know, and there's a big, you know, there's, uh, he gets Are they the, excited? They that, would, oh, yeah. yes, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Then zip. But in a Madame Tussauds sort of way. <laughs> yes. Can yeah. we do photos? They're not there for the material. Uh, Madame, yeah. that's yeah. really <laughs> wonderful. It's Wow, that's true. That's where I feel like I'm at. Um, so, <laughs> so he he ends up. Uh, he goes uh, and he's just dying, and he's dying. And then he goes after his kids. Now I've never heard Ray, and I'd been around Ray before it exploded. Yeah. Before the Romano show came on, but before his show hit the air, and he'd never the family. Uh, I'd never seen him go after. I mean, now he's. And he's swearing <laughs> about what, it, you know, his kids are shits and da da da. I mean, that, and it was, I wished it was on tape. You know, it yes. was before, it, it was not before, but it was, you know, nobody was carrying cameras around everywhere. Right. Uh, and it was like stunning. It was like, God. And it's. And it and, cracked and the ground? Now we're, I'm screaming because it's Ray. And yeah. this is, this is really making me laugh. Because it's like, all of a sudden, you know, what's in Dr. Caligari's closet? Well, he opens it up, and out come the bats. You know, it's even weirder, too. Yeah. Yeah, your closet is nice and organized. There's lots of sneakers in there. Yeah. We're we're familiar with your shadow. But now, Ray Romano, who I I love, feels like he should be working in an ice cream truck, (laughs) is going like, these goddamn kids, (laughs) fuck you! (laughs) Oh, twins, so I can kill one of them! You know, dark, dark shit. Very, very dark. <laughs> it was really splendid to watch. And then, uh, and he just, he, you know, but the only ones laughing are those of us like sitting on the bench. Yeah, seeing a special uh, thing. Seeing it, this is like, we're never, this isn't going to happen again. You're not going to see a murderer's row. Right. And I yeah. got up. Now, my concept was, now, I know now at this point, if, if if this hasn't happened, it's not going to happen for for me. But I'm going to do one little thing that might change it. And I walk. If you the uh, if you the, the the comedy cellar was shaped like a rectangle this way. Yeah. So the audience is this way, and literally here to the door was uh, to the other side of the room was maybe 40, 50, maybe eighty feet, hundred feet. Yeah. And there's a door there, and that's the only way out. It was always one of those things. I thought, wow, if there's a fire, we yeah. just die. We yeah, die. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I, I, they announced me, and I walked right back to that door. I didn't even walk on the stage. I said, uh, folks, I said, you know, I figured out what's going on this evening. I said, it's none of the comics you saw tonight, because they're great comics. This is, they were unbelievably good. And it's not your fault either. It's the stage. You're having trouble with the stage, okay? That's the that's what's making this difficult. So I am going to be here, and the reason I'm going to be here is so you won't leave the room during my act. 
I'll be blocking the door. Were you on the mic or just projecting? I was just projecting because it's a small room. Yeah, you don't even need it. You don't need. You didn't need. And did they laugh? Nothing. Nothing at all. No, nothing. Still. Still nothing. Zero. It was great, and then except for my guys, except for yeah, of course, Ray and Dave, and. I, I don't even mind. Well, you're still going to have a body reaction. But if one of the reasons I love touring with Matt is even if it goes poorly, which it's been going great, but even if it did go poorly, we'd do some weird uh, hell gig together. At least he can see. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I didn't get into this business to vanish. And there's nothing lonelier than bombing. And there's no other witness yeah. that can go, that was unwinnable. That's all I need. I don't yeah. need to win. Yeah. I just need us to agree that it's, that was unwinnable. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't me? It wasn't the crowd? Just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. And you know what? It's a it's a phenomenon that doesn't happen more often that a group of people and there's just a guy talking aren't rolling laugh. It's a miracle any time that it ever happens. Yes, it should only be bombs. They should be like I saw a non bomb. It should be like a newsworthy story that a comedian yeah. killed. Yeah, <laughs> but we're like we get spoiled. Well, we do get spoiled, and a lot of it has to do with um, the fact that they. They know us, so they there's an expectation. They yeah. bring that expectation to the room. They expect to laugh. They're gonna laugh. Right. The, your idiosyncrasies. A lot of yeah, our yeah. hooks. Yeah. Uh, are idiosyncratic. Right. You know, it's the way in which we present our comedy. I'll give you one. Seinfeld. Yeah. His his record. I'm telling you for the last time. Oh, it's the special as well. But the record's better. I'd tell him that to us. He knows. Yeah. They taped it for HBO and it's great. But the record, they felt they recorded one of the best shows of the tour, and you're like, he's having fun, he's riffing. Is it's incredible. Right? It's a great CD. I had it on CD and I was like, this should have been the special. No Doesn't shit. matter. Yeah, yeah. He knows that. I'm not talking no, shit. No, no, but I'm I've never heard of the I never it, heard that no, he did. Nobody's heard it. No. Who's heard of I'm telling you the last time the album? It's no. such a good record. It's a great comedy record. But he goes up, and at this point I'm I'm, you know very interested in trying comedy or I, I don't I don't think I had tried it yet and he opens with so what's up with the cab drivers in the BO huge laugh and I'm going like what the fuck what is happening like I'd been I go to open mics you go up on stage and go yeah. so what's up with the cab drivers in the BO maybe maybe a couple <laughs> ch chuckles yeah but when you know it's Jerry being Jerry and you, like you're saying, like, I hope he does, you're one of those guys, I hope he does the thing. Yeah. And you do the thing. We're so happy, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's what, you know, because it's like, uh, um, you know, it's, you know, it's like, it, you achieve, you, you're, you're in, in their face for so long, and communicate with them for so long, whoever the group is, yeah. that they see you, it's like you're at the dinner table. Yeah. You're a part of the family. Can I tell you my stand-up comedy theory? Sure. This this occurred to me. It's your show. <laughs> really, I can I can look right down the barrel and do seven minutes of ads. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm just excited to see. I'll do. Let's do them simultaneously. I can do. You do yours. Yeah. <laughs> promo code black. I'm assuming yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard to know. Yeah. Uh, use promo code weird 40, or forty percent off, fifty percent off, seventy percent. <laughs> you which promo code are you gonna use i was at it i was i was having dinner this is long 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 time ago in chicago so i had only been doing stand-up like two or three years and i'm at dinner 
And I watched a large dinner party, like 10, 12 people. And they're all, it's going, it's humming. It's like a birthday or something. Then someone arrived late, but they're in the group, but they arrived late. And there were these expectations. And you know this without knowing that you know this. One, whatever they say is should be funny. Like, we want it to be funny. Maybe it won't be, but even the dullest person will be like, eh, Los Angeles traffic, we're going to laugh. Like, to show them that it's okay that they're late, kind of, to fold them into the group. But you're also, it's this moment where stand-up is occurring organically, is my point. It's like, you're standing, they're seating. There's a group and there's you. You're the outlier. And like, it's this cultural expectation, like, why are you late? So the stand-up is kind of like the yes. formalization of, wait, why are you over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, we're all here. What are you doing up there? And you're like, I know I should be down there, but fucking I got and, and you're off. That's why so many of the great openers, I saw Ron White do an opener, and I think he was doing a little fib, because his opener was, uh, he, he was in Chicago, and he goes, I flew into Milwaukee because my travel agent doesn't own a map. And we were off. Yeah. But yeah, you do LA, it's Burbank. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you do that. Yeah, 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 you just fly yeah. in a small place. Yes. But then he does this like 10 minute routine about flying in small planes and it was fucking killer. But that was like the most honest, like, I'm here, here's what happened. Like it's it's natural. Yeah. It's it's the most like the dinner party setup. Well, that's my favorite thing that, that could Open. possibly happen is if something happened. If I went and something fucked up. Yeah. And now I'm going to deal with the fuck up. Yep. That's the best. It's the best it could be. And then, because then you're doing, this is my belief uh, about comedy in part, because everybody talks about, everybody, it's about, you know, about do I start by writing one-liners? Do I start by doing this, punchlines, et cetera? I go, no, you start by telling the funny story. Oh, interesting. I yeah. think that's what drives us. Yeah. If we sat around at a, a, this is one way to look at it. This is, but you sat you when you were in the cafeteria and you and you, you and your group sit down. There's four or five of you, and you're not going to believe what happened. Right. Oh that's well, you that so happened. But funny. Are you shitting? This happened to me, and you're all sitting there topping each other. And you know what else is built into that? It's like the you weren't there-ness energy. Comedians are trying to harness that fuel of you weren't there. I remember yeah, uh, a... stand-up comedy of the book said, I know, I'm not ex- even suggesting people read stand-up comedy of the book, but I, I remember reading stand-up comedy of the book. And one of the things that I liked about Judy Carter wrote this book. Oh, that's right, yeah. Is, remember? Yeah. Go on stage. This is when there was one book about stand-up comedy. Now there's like a section. But anyway, go on stage with the energy of seeing a friend you you haven't seen all day and you couldn't wait to tell them something. Right. And I was like, fucking brilliant. Not, I hope I can make them laugh. Not even, I hope I'm good. More like, yeah. I can't wait to... Because I remember being in... Um, I studied a semester in Israel, in Jerusalem, and I went on this walk. It's not a good story, but that's not even the point. It, when it had happened, it was a great story. I got lost, and there used to be little uh, throws of children that would look for lost tourists and would give them directions for money. And I knew that, so I was like, I'm not falling for this shit. Like, I had been in Jerusalem for like four months at that point. I'm like, felt like I was a local. So I'm like, hey, do you guys know where Jaffa Gate is or something? And they're like, where go, where go, where go? That's what they're saying, and they want me now to use them as an escort. And I'm like, no, no. 
I get it. You guys are going to get, I'm using like sarcasm <laughs> you're on these children that only speak probably Arabic. I'm like, you're going to give me directions and then I'm going to give you money. I get it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, money, money, money. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I shouldn't have said any of those words. All they heard was give me directions and I'll give you money. So now they're following me. And I'm like, no, no, I know where I'm now. They're, you know what? You know, when you're scared of kids, like when there's a lot of them yeah. and they could assemble like Voltron and fucking take you out. I was afraid of these kids. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And finally, we were about to part ways. I, I found like a narrow <laughs> hole that they couldn't follow me through. And one of the kids threw seeds in my face. Like he had been eating some sort of oh, seeded nice. fruit. And he threw the seeds in my face. And now I'm blind. I think that back at this point, I was corny enough to be like, so uh, that's their strategy. You can hear the sign. <laughs> They're going to blind me, so I need their directions. You know what I mean? Like I thought comedy had to be that way. But the funniest part wasn't my cute turn at the end. The funniest part was the feeling. And I, and I hadn't seen my friends all day. And we sat down to dinner. And I was like, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And that was one of my biggest in the wild kills of my life, yeah. where I really was like, I had done stand-up comedy one time at that point. And when I had that, when I told that story and the seeds and all the, I was like, I think I can do this. So you're absolutely right. It's the story. Because I think, and tell me what you think about this. Stand-up isn't necessarily, the hardest part isn't necessarily the jokes. It can be. Maybe the joke writing and the structure. I think it's finding your own sunlight inside that wills you to share it. Does that make sense? Like you need to manufacture your own motivation yeah. to do it and do it earnestly. So it's not just like, hello, there were children. Yeah. And But if I'm like, I want to connect, like, what do I want? What do I want you to get? What do I want me to get? What do I want us to yeah, get? Yeah, I wouldn't call it sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Dark <laughs> hellfire's yeah, reflection mine does, mine on the come, blood moon? Mine does not come from sunlight. Yeah, but it does. <laughs> mine comes from a slaughter of the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> and the moon reflects in the pools of blood. And you go, I have a bit. But you do, tell me a little bit about what is the story, because you're still doing it. Yeah. And unless you've been horrible with your money, I'm assuming you don't necessarily, you're not like just grinding out a living. Yeah, no. So why? Why, Lewis? Why? Um, you're backstage. What are you saying? I don't know, but I don't know. I've got to check this. Oh, your phone? Let me, let me I, this, you're not hearing this, are you? No. Okay, good. I can hear it. Yeah, no, you can hear it. <laughs> let me finish this. I'm sorry about that. No, please. It's just, I don't. This is an easy lift. This is where we can be racist if we want. <laughs> My impression, my loving impression of my wonderful manager is if I'm on the set of, and he knows this, if I'm on the set of a movie, I'll pretend he's calling me <laughs> to say that there's interest in me being in the movie. <laughs> like, I'm in the makeup chair and I'll answer the phone. It's him. And I'll be like, hey, buddy, just letting you know there's some interest in you being, and I'm like, I'm on the set. It's it's the riff. Okay. What were we saying? Oh, your motivation. My, my motivation for... What, what's keeping me on the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess let's put it in a way that'll go viral. Why are you still doing this? <laughs> <laughs> what is the matter with you? Why won't you just get low? <laughs> yeah. Remember that movie? <laughs> just get low and, and clean out at the house. No, why, what, what's the story? It's partly, I would have been probably um, off the road in part, maybe, maybe is what I say, because I would keep going... I'm gonna. I'm retiring at seventy. I'm retiring. 
Uh, I literally thought at one time, my, my friend said, you know, you said this three years ago. I said, no, well, okay, well, you know, I didn't realize I'd, I'd come up with another special. <laughs> uh, and it's So it's, you have a planned retirement? Yeah. Like Tarantino, 10 movies? No, I, my, it was literally, I, I probably would have, uh, if it weren't for the pandemic, wound down. I had a kind of an idea of what my, uh, one of my arc to be, the pandemic threw that arc in, out the window. Yeah. And so in part, uh, it's, um, I, I just wanted to do, I want I, I kind of want to find the, what the finish is, you know, what's the last bit of, what's the last special? Yeah. You know, I, I, what do I really want to, after saying all this, you know, stuff, what is it that I, how do I want to kind of, what's my summary? And yeah. that's kind of what I'm out there doing. And it's come at kind of a good time. You mean that's your act now? It, that's what I'm looking for. That's what you're looking for now. Yeah, my act now is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Keep looking. I mean, there are moments that yeah. Yeah. Are, are spectacular. And then it's like... Oh, he was so. Yeah, we saw him up in the sky, and it was really br burning bright. And then he, and then, then he disappeared. And then there was nothing. And then there was silence. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about that when you're building an act. It almost sucks when you get it to a ten because you're like, oh no! First of all, you didn't know it was a ten. Right. Suddenly, you're finding out it's a ten in real time. Oh God! And then you realize nothing after it is going to be as good as that. And you're like, and that was my opener. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, and now it's forty five minutes of me looking for another ten. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a vulnerable place. So I've got you know, and the and because I don't want to end on the last one. I mean, basically, the last two specials were about were literally uh, my my for me to say this is what I saw. In the last three years. Yeah. This is what time. I saw. Yeah. Not what you saw, not what your fucking critic head saw, not what you thought about mask, not what, what I thought. Yeah. And it had no effect on you at all because I wasn't even running around the country. I right. was just in my own head for, for a good, for a good year. Right. Right. You know? And so, so to me, it was a bookend of, of just kind of, which I never even, you know, the, I didn't get into doing this in part to to leave a history behind, but that's in part what I've said. Somebody ought to just talk about it from an individual basis, and, and yeah. that's what I did. Yeah, and yeah. and and uh, and then so it was like I've got to do, I got to get go back to doing one more, out of that shit and not even topical at all. Yeah, broad strokes. Is that am I hearing uh, you? Well, right? topical still. I'm still topical don't. in the sense that. Um, We've 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 reached this level of uh, that I've been talking about before the pan. It was where we were before the pandemic and where we are now, uh, which is how do you satirize something that's already satiric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. really tricky. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing like, on stage, trying to figure that out. And if you have some time off, I'm more than willing to give you a couple of bucks. To try to a free hot lunch, yeah. a hot seated lunch. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Like, obviously, you know, do you know the movie Idiocracy? Yes. I bet there would be no comedians in that world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that kind of, I've never considered that. Yeah. That if the president is watering the crops with energy drinks and he shoots a gun at the opening of the statement yeah. and he's a wrestler, essentially, and everything's nuts, like it wouldn't even make sense to be like, have you seen this? Like, because yeah. it, it would be so saturated. Well, it's kind of like I, I've, the, the thing in part I've said and it's and, and it's trying to figure out where it's once again what you were saying the tent it's figuring out where you say it 
in the in the, the during the time that you're on the stage. Yeah. Which is is that uh, I don't know why I'm here. You already know the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do know the joke. And then when I tell you the joke, you're not laughing at the joke because that's when it becomes painful. Wow, interesting. It, you know, and yeah. that otherwise, you know, I I I mean, I was going on stage and going. Uh, um, which I would literally say, um, Herschel Walker, pause, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> I mean, it was extraordinary in a I, bad I, way. Like you, you like that, or you? Oh, didn't I love like, it. You loved it. <laughs> I loved it because it reminds me of the Twilight Zone. It, yeah, no, where it's the guys we, like it, I want to be the best comedian in the world, and they laughed at any time. Oh no, pause. this was called. This is they got the job. Yeah, I had you to were, say nothing about Herschel Walker other yeah. than his name. For them to know yeah. all of how psychotic it was that this man, and right. then if I I'd sprinkle out a little of the, you know, for those in the audience who didn't know yeah, why yeah. the others were laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You you're cashing in on a. It's a sweet spot in comedy. Yeah, they know where you. It's like they're in the theme park, and we know. And I can hear that in the audience of your of your mm -hmm. of this last special. They know where you're going, and they wanna and yeah. they wanna go there. Yeah. And that's a very special. Place. Yeah. It's a tricky thing when they don't know who you are. And you, I mean, I think about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, what a bummer. Yeah. Well, and I still face crowds that have no idea who I am. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, to only ever go up for crowds that are like, prove it. And you're like, Ugh. although it does make you good, I guess. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but I think uh, it's interesting that we talked about that. Um, uh, it was something I wanted to, about the, about telling the story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because I think, um, any any kid who's listening, uh, who wants to do it, you know, really, that it. The other thing, not just the earnestness, you know, not just I really got to tell this story, that you tell that funny story. Don't worry about where the punchlines are. You've told the story a hundred times. Yeah, you know it's funny. It's generally you can find it in if you were if you had a Catholic upbringing, boom, a family that's dysfunctional, boom. Here's a good one. Bad blind date. Woo so, yeah, sure, And, and uh, sure. when I would teach, when I because uh, I would kind of teach the experience of stand up. Not, we, I'm going to make you a stand up. I don't fuck you. I'm, you're not going to. You do that on your own. You, you know, don't call <laughs> That's me. That's up to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, to 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 just give them that. It was for actors really to give them that so that they'd come out with a monologue so yeah. they weren't doing. Yeah. You know, as you like it. Uh, right and stuff like that and and that what they got but but the stories that i heard were just spectacular right i mean they were there were stories you might never hear in a club ever but it gave them a sense of what it's like to you know if if the, of what it's like to be funny on stage yeah. because all they're doing is taking the other thing and you know this from what you were saying earlier is that the only difference between uh, the, the the sitting around the table, the guy goes, you know, I could I could be a comic. I said, if you can walk the five feet from that from the table and get on the stage and face the audience, mm. it's five. The only difference between mm. you here and you there is five feet. It's a big five feet. Though. It's a huge five feet. It's a <laughs> moat, and it's filled with shit and sharks. <laughs> it's a moat. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, man. 
to unpack that a little bit because yeah. I, I take issue with the guy, and it's, it's it's an Italian restaurant. It's my dad's friend. He's sitting back. <laughs> he really painted a picture for me. This calamari. There's a cigarette out in the lemon. <laughs> He's like, I could do that, and I'm like, you know what? See, when you got actors to do a monologue from their life and they could do it and it gave them the experience of being funny, one of the reasons they were able to do it was they could um, keep the fire alive of how they felt. This goes back to what we're saying. If you go up on stage, what happens to that same guy? He gets nervous. It's like, okay, a magician, I could teach you a magic trick. The real magic is to regulate your heart rate and slow it down. This is why David Blaine is like, do you have some glasses? Like he's really slow. Yeah. Because he's calming himself down. I love do I love doing magic, but when I do it, my hands shake because I get do so magic adrenaline. Too? Just for fun, for kids and stuff. Yeah, like for funsies. Because don't start doing it now. Well, I'm looking for an angle. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard out there. That's the worst, yeah. like the worst <laughs> advice I got. Try magic. Yeah. All right. Can I do it? <laughs> No, but like when you go on stage, that hard five feet, that same story, the nerves, the first thing the nerves push out is your attitude, is your, how do you feel in that story? Your ability to remember. So you have to be like calm. Like that story, I didn't really tell it, but like of getting lost in Jerusalem was easy to tell because it had just happened to me. But if I told that guy that told the story at the dinner, tell that story on like Saturday night at eight o'clock and it's Tuesday, I think, can you keep it hot long enough to tell it? And also how do you start? Like, it's really hard. I know you know this, but it's like a great story like that should open with like, a, I'm not saying this is it, but it's like, anybody here ever get a dried fruit thrown in their face by an Israeli kid? <laughs> yeah. Like is a way in. Yeah. And then the laugh puts them at ease and you go like, yeah. I got lost, I got really lost. There's, what did, I should really start here. There are these gaggles of children, murders really, like crows <laughs> of children going around the old city of Jerusalem and they want tourists to get lost. That's part one. But you see, you have to be like compelling. Yes. Part one tells me, tell, tells the audience like, I know where I'm going, I'm flying the plane. But yeah. if I just went on stage and was like, I got lost, like if they're not saying why are you late to dinner that's the in the stand-up has to create the in out of nothing right. in fact bad stand-up to me when i have soft shows i'm like you ever been doing stand-up probably not in a while i'm, I'm imagining but you're going like why am i telling these people about my life that's how it feels to bomb is they're just like yeah. why are you telling us this and on bad nights i go like i agree <laughs> like you're right <laughs> It's weird that I'm like, my daughter and I were at a birthday party and she got lost. Like, what? who cares? If it's not going well, suddenly it's like, who cares? If it's going great, you're like, of course you wanted to know about my daughter. Yeah. But if it's going badly, you're like a weird guy at a bus stop. Yeah. My daughter, I'll tell you, got to get her a leash. Yeah. And then, but that for us is because then we get down to, uh, there's a math to comedy, there's a certain not that there, comedy is math, but yeah, there is a there is there, it's an equation. Yeah, and so that, when you're talking about you, like your daughter, it's like also it's finding that point where you can set it up yes. so that you don't have that thought. Yes, you know. Yes, and you, it engages them. That's yeah, why going yeah. like saying you ever gotten lost in the old city of Jerusalem yeah. and had some dried fruit thrown in your face? Like, at least that's acknowledging them and giving them a way in. They want a way in. Yes. This is Ron White going like, I, I just flew into Milwaukee because yeah. my travel agent doesn't own a map. Yeah. 
is like, I'm in awe of an opener like that because yeah. you don't even have to know him or care about him to know, oh, I've flown into a small airport before or what an idiot, where's this going? How was that? It, was, yeah. it must've been a 10 minute flight. It's the most relatable. I mean, when I hear bits like that, I'm like, why am I almost exclusively talking about my parents getting older? Because that immediately, it's like, Either you understand that or you don't. Well, and if you are, it's, uh, you know, it, your audience, I'm going to tell you from my experience of bringing my parents into the act, you yeah. know, it was that they, uh, they all relate to it. And it's also because we don't talk about it. I know. At all as a country. I know. And, and your generation, my, gen my generation, which is different from yours, my generation has already fucked things because they knew, <laughs> my group knew, and hasn't dealt with the problem. Your group's watching it. They're not dealing with the problem. We're all kind of standing around going, well, tough ski shit ski, you get yeah. old. Oh, it's too bad. Ooh, you want to hear a dark one? Oh, yeah. I feel like this whole, the philosophy of this whole world, question mark, is not me, not today. We see terrible things happening and you go, not me, not today. Like people are getting old, people are dying. Not me, not today. Yeah. And what's fucking crazy is one day you go, oh, it's me. <laughs> and that's that's a weird way to live. Yeah. Whereas there have been cultures that do have appreciation for the dying process, for the aging process. I, I, I know I sound like Andy Rooney right now, but like elders, like it was folded into society. Well, fuck yes. But we're like, to quote Ramdas, he was like, paint, paint the red leaves green. Paint him green. You know, like, I know a couple people in their 90s and they're they're out there wearing fucking Under Armour jackets. And I'm like, can we get this man some goddamn corduroy and a pipe and little slippers? I need a fucking old guy. I don't need fucking goddamn, I'm trying to, Kevin Federline, but he's 90. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. But we don't like it. So I don't blame them for trying to blend in. Well, because, and also because... Uh, the, the um, as you see, our um, our culture doesn't take in the old. It's literally okay. Oh yeah, you know, you 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 if literally we could get have a Wi-Fi no, signal off of them somehow. You have no, would love them. Yeah. If a group of four old people <laughs> generated a strong five G signal, would be like, ah, I love the elderly. I'm streaming all over here. They're streaming in their pants. I'm streaming over here. I'm going to use that. That's, really, that's perfect. That is. The best, the best one I ever heard about was the, the elderly, which you may have heard, was Dave. Um, God damn it. Dave. Oh, fuck. David damn, Feldman. Mm. And I love that as someone I don't know. <laughs> oh, Feldman! <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it was. David Feldman. Maybe I do know him. You know, you don't know him. You may I not. Do. He, oh, no. but, uh, he was. He worked out here for a number of years. He moved back to. New oh, he's York. a comic. Yeah. A comic. Okay. Now uh, I'm embarrassed. I thought it was someone in Congress. Oh no, no. But he's. He, but he's well. I mean, he and now he's got a a, a podcast thing that he does, okay. and he's. But he's been. He's one of those seriously dark, funny comics who was working out here and. Uh, um, and he, and, he, and he's gotten I th and I I think Film has gotten like a, a, an Emmy I forget for which show oh wow for writing. that's what he's screaming at the radio as he's listening to this <laughs> I have an Emmy <laughs> yes no, he's he's really uh, very but he, his was uh, and this is twenty five thirty years ago but um, 
you know that we have a you know there's a was, there was a food shortage problem at that point there was some sort of you know we've got these people they're not eating is you know we've got all of these people in uh, in assisted living and uh, uh, these programs and you know I, I think it's time we we just well, we eat them. I'm really not doing. I'm not doing it justice. I really am not. He had a wonderful setup, and the whole punchline was it's great. Eat the eat the elderly. Yeah, you know it serves a purpose, and it, and it really nailed. I mean, thirty years ago, he nails what yeah. we're up against because right. nobody nobody because it's like you become. I've experienced it. I literally. The pandemic did the, the, the when it got really got to me was is that um, when they kept going um, and if you're over the age of seventy, uh, you know you're um, you know you're more susceptible to this. But what it was was is that what they kept saying was um, you're old. I said yeah, I didn't yeah. fucking know I was old yeah, yeah. until these fuckers every day blasting it out on CNN and yeah. anywhere other. <laughs> The the older part of our the the senior citizens the the yada yada whatever you wanted to call us yeah the rubbish yeah yeah, yeah. you know the ones yeah. that we're gonna have to fucking keep alive you yeah. get to get in line for what the fuck I didn't even know I yeah. wouldn't have thought of running down to the goddamn thing you fucking assholes and my my father had a great line one of the, the first time the first tip off that what you have to look forward to in your senior years he said. He said, until I walked downstairs for breakfast, living in a, an independent and assisted living place. They were an independent living. He says, until I go downstairs and have breakfast and look around, I, he said, I have no concept that I'm old. Really? And then I look around and go, holy God. Whew. I think I see that happen to my parents. Yeah. I'm, all my setups, by the way, are I don't think my parents know how old they are. That's the setup to every single one of them. My mom, this is going to sound weird. Maybe How old me, are they? My, I don't know. And that's the opening. <laughs> is I go, my parents are 80. <laughs> wow. You're going to like this. I go, my parents are 80 something. I don't know. We're not a family like that. <laughs> and I go, you want to watch my dad have a panic attack? Ask him, How old is Peter? He'll walk through a wall. <laughs> He'll walk through a wall to avoid that confrontation. <laughs> they have no fucking idea. They're foggy on the exact day of my birthday. That's real. I get birthday cards. So mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, my but my parents, my mother especially, just said um, that's always here. been bullshit. She birthdays were bullshit. Mother's oh, Day. Oh, I thought she was like, mother's. we didn't even know. Oh no, she, she just meant it's all bullshit. Just, no, my family's like that. And this actually, I hope it comes out. My family stuff works when I remember I love them. It's weird that I have to. Everything I'm saying is like ah, these fucking old people. But I have to hold on to this. I keep saying ember and fire, but like I have to hold on to something inside of me, or the jokes don't work. Like yeah. I have to stay in touch with. So when I say we're not a family like that, that see, this is what I'm talking about. The math. I'm saying to the audience. We're a different kind of family. We're like kind of we break each other's balls. We're yeah. we're so I'm allowed to make fun of my mom. Yeah, and then I make fun of my mom because she can't point. Her fingers like this, but she's going around pointing. God love her. <laughs> she's pointing at stuff. I'm at a table. There's 50 things on the table. She goes, Peter, what is that? I'm like, I don't. What, Gonzo's nose, ma. I don't know what that is. But I have the same thing. I I say this in the setup. I have this. It's called Dupuytren's contracture. Oh, I have the yeah, same thing. It. So I, but I added that to the setup wow. to again give me permission to make fun of it because I'm like, making fun of my parents for being old is sort of just making, in my opinion, making fun of aging. It's it's something that's, it, it's understood that it's going to happen to all of us or something worse. 
So like, I feel like it gives us a green light. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Yeah, and I also think that the audience, you, you don't even need to set it up for them. Because, I mean, at least from my experience. Yeah. And because I'm much funnier than you. Uh, <laughs> no, I love but it. But it is. But it is just from my experience of yeah. talking about yeah, mine yeah, yeah. for so long. You know, yeah. it was like uh, that. Uh, I'll be selling my. Like it started with. A, it was a stupid joke. My parents. My parents showed up a lot of the times that I was doing shows. You know, if I was in this area so they would come and go to the casino and gamble and stuff they come to the show they would come to the show yeah i mean oh, i would wow. bring them in they you know, they would my mother this was the level at which my parents my well i was working up at uh up at mohegan sun and i had a and i they had a really nice uh, cabaret room as they called it and it was like 350 seats and i worked there like five nights four nights five it was great my parents came up they were living in maryland they would come up get the train up they fucking meet them at the the train station pick them up in a limo take them over there they'd have a nice wow. room everything was great by the way casino like hospitality is the only way yeah. to include your parents yes you know what i mean like i yeah. need a man with a sign and i need them to grab my mom yes they flew in to see us and i sent a car i was like this is foolproof send a car <laughs> they're ca- we can't find the car i'm calling my dad's phone it's forwarding to his business line i can't even get them on the phone they just went without the car no. i dropped hundreds of dollars no. they didn't take it no it didn't work. I need Mohegan Sun yeah, no, to Mohegan. blow dart my mother <laughs> yes, exactly. and throw her in the trunk, basically. Yeah. That's, and then that's there's what a big gold car, which makes it you know, that easier they, to find. Yeah, really. Than the ones that look like a hearse. And they would love, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They would love it too by the man in a shiny brimmed cap being like, Mr. Holmes, this way. It's, it would be so fun for my parents. Well, it's really, that was the thing. So they, they would get in that and come to me at Mohegan and that we had, you know, it was great. And then they... And it wasn't like we would hang out. They would literally, it was, we did this, this, and then boom. They shuffled off. They shuffled off. And uh, uh, and then I got, they t- Mohegan Sun took me out of there and put me in the arena a couple of times. The big room, it's 10,000 oh. seats, Holy which is shit. the most I'd ever played, 8,000 yeah. to 10,000. Yeah. And I don't do those kind of rooms. and I've never been that big of a comic. and uh, But they really did, and it was a great, and my mother went, what? I said, well, we're just going to do the one night. You're not going to be in the... <laughs> no, no, this She's is really... She's mad that you're not in the cabaret room? <laughs> yes. But we yes. had it all planned yeah, out. Yeah, we have five nights. Now you're taking it down. Yeah, and I'm going, here's what I'm going to do. You can spend the five nights. I'm going to pay for the room. I'm Wait, oh, okay, so they moved it to one night in the arena instead of five nights in the casino, yeah. and they wanted more of a vacation. My mother At least wanted, I kind of understand They now. wanted the five, that was what was great to them. Yeah. Not that I was in the casino, not yeah. that I was in the cabaret. No, they had five, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to get yeah. you, I'm even going to get you a better room than, yeah. yeah. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's They're playing on a different uh, board, I think. Yes. Yeah. Same pieces, different board. Yeah, but it was really that kind of a, of a thing with my folks it was yeah. really uh it, but but they were always they were always there but the the joke and they could like the show they would enjoy the oh show. yeah my yeah really yeah they loved it i mean my parents really got a kick out of it i think that's yeah. so great well, my mother would say you know i they just came to the point where my mother's going you know you owe me some money for this act you know and you go like i wouldn't be doing this if you would behave better <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. But she was an early investor. She built the factory, but now the factory is up and running. Yeah, really. Uh, who cares if you laid the brick? <laughs> yeah, she. Bricklayers don't make residuals. <laughs> <laughs> Strike all you want. No bricklayers getting residuals. She, she, but they really. So one of my first jokes was that, uh, you know, that um, what's interesting is to to realize that that. Uh, I would, you know, I said, I, you know, my parents are here tonight, and you know, after the show, if you'd like at the uh, merch table, you'll actually be able to purchase them. They're the size of salt and pepper shakers. That and is... that was, and as soon as you get, but that's like a stupid fuck no, aging joke. That's but a, that's a ten out of ten. I but love they that. boom. It's already, you know what I mean? They get also, it, folks. Get yeah, because we're all in that. Yeah, you're, you're shrinking. Younger, it's. It's older kid. It's older. It's you talking about children, your yeah. children, or you talking about your parents. You, you've already got the the hook is already there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a sweet spot. Rabiglia said that too. He was like, comics are come into their own in their forties. He's like, the forties is the funniest time. I think mortality is part of that. You're, you're mm. getting older. I'm falling apart a little bit, and you, you know you've made your. I've, in case if you have kids, you've made your replacements, and you're watching <laughs> your parents. I die. I mean, like, I know yeah. it's taking a long time, but you're you're watching it. It's and it's even saying that. I, I bet people are reeling that I'm like, you can't say you're watching your parents die, but it's like, but that's what it is. It's taking yeah. a long time, but it's a slow slowing down. Let's yeah. say that. Can we say that? It's a you have to watch yeah, your parents yeah. slowing down. Yeah. What does that? Mean? Well, it was crazy with my parents because you, they, my mother was was even when they were hitting their their early nineties. There was never a sense from them. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see in six weeks. We're going to see in six months. Never, ever a sense of like this is the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. I mean, it was like you, and it was part of my brain was just like it didn't. And as a result, it never dawned on me because it was really like, yeah, they they are really committed. They're the CEOs. (laughs) I mean, they brought you life. Yeah, like they say. I I bet that's true. There's a little boy in you that goes. That's true. It's true. They're going to be, and they were. And my mother was even 101, 102. You're thinking. Okay, and and it was only during the pandemic. It was the first time ever. Yeah, that when the phone rang, I thought, "Oh, this is it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I'm the I'm the opposite every time, because I only call my folks. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think I do, but it would ta- <laughs> it would take about seven weeks of nonstop talking to explain. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, I can switch these. <laughs> I'll lay down. You, you lay down. No, but I. When on my new special that's coming out, I have a joke about when my mom calls, I always go, "Who fell? Who died?" Or worse, she just wants to talk. Like that's that's that was the bit. So we're a morbid family in that sense. And also, I remember my dad being in his fifties would visit Boston. We're leaving, and he'd go, "See you next time, God willing." You know, we don't know, we don't know. And I was like, "Wow, my dad is." I and I can relate to this. He's a he's a you need a meteorologist. Like, what's going on is reality. And if he was feeling dark in that moment, it, like some of that's going to reach out and be like, you never know. So what you, what I was hearing, I think, was almost like a Irish poet level, like, oh, this this life, she's not promised to us, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like this melancholy yeah. that he didn't have an artistic outlet for. Thank God we do. Yeah. Because where he let it out was me walking out of the house. Bye, Dad. See you next time. God willing. I'm like, Jesus, get this man a notebook. Get this man a quill pen and a quiet desk. 
This episode is brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. I don't know about you guys, but the holiday season every single year, if you listen to the show, you know this, is a difficult time for me. Something about it. Memories, feelings, all this stuff comes up that is very, very complicated. It can make me sad. It can make me stressed. And that's not unusual. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. And take it from me, therapy can be a bright spot amidst all of this stress and this change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel more grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. I, in my personal life, and Val as well, we have both benefited so much from talk therapy. It's magical, meaning it's greater than the sum of its parts. It seems like just two people in a room talking, but there's something in the human condition that benefits from it so, so deeply. Whether you need to set boundaries, coping skills, if you need to find a a version of your best self to strive for, having a therapist in your corner to guide you and to help you is huge. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for everyday stuff. I got into therapy because I didn't know how to lovingly and compassionately end a relationship and put up boundaries with my family. And it's made a world of difference. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Couldn't be easier. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge so find the bright spot this season with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com slash weirdo today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better h-e-l-p.com slash weirdo support yourself support this show also, it is brought to us by our friends at Next Evo, which is a huge partner in my own stress coping strategy and my sleep coping strategy. Meaning, and before I even get into this, so many people say when they want to try CBD that they didn't feel it, uh, they don't know how much to take. And Next Evo is the only company that I've worked with that have actually figured this out. You start absorbing these gummies in just 10 minutes. So you know within 10 minutes how you feel, whether you need more, and you can dial it in just right. It is called Smart Sorb technology. It gets into your body. CBD only works if it gets into your body, and only Nexevo has that proven all-natural gummies that absorb four times better than most oil-based products with that Smart Sorb technology. So transitioning from these lazy days in the summer to the crazy fall schedule can make Uh, your wellness routine, getting back on track, feel impossible, but you can sleep great and stress less by upgrading your CBD. As I said, regular CBD oil doesn't mix well with your water-based body, but Next Evo Naturals are clinically proven to help your body absorb four times better than oil. So when you need to de-stress or sleep better this fall, reach for the fast-acting CBD products from Next Evo. As you guys know, I love their stress formula. The stress gummies uh, are incredible. They're mixed with ashwagandha, which is a, helps you cope with stress, ease into a, a feeling of well-being in your body and relaxation. Mixing with the CBD, it is absolutely, absolutely a game changer, and they work fast. So their stress gummies are incredible, and their sleep gummies are also incredible. So try both. Why not? 
stress and sleep, two things we need to dial in, get more Z's and more Zen in your life. Upgrade to better natural solutions from Next Evo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com and use promo code WEIRD to get 25% off. That's 25% off at nextevo.com and use promo code WEIRD. All right, everybody, back to Lewis. You know, which, okay, so your parents are both passed now? Yeah. So when did your dad die? How old was he? 101. Jeez, he was the freeway? Unbelievable. We're here in Los Angeles. That's a local joke. He was See, the I freeway. <laughs> well, God, he's not going to make 405, let's be honest. <laughs> but, but 101. 101, jeez. And, and he paint. And, and the other thing about artistic, my father, uh, when he retired, he retired, he left the gig. He was... He was Left government uh, and uh, left the government and um, and he, over principles and uh, and then and then started doing what he wa- always wanted to do, which was be an artist. No kidding. So, yeah, which is pretty remarkable. How, when did he quit government? Sixty. Oh, 62, 63. I'm so happy. I thought you were going to be like 98, 90. No, no, he, he got out. Oh, no, he got out. He, I bet that's why he lived so long. Well, it's part of it for yeah, sure. Yeah. Because he, uh, 61, 62, he, um, he then started, he apprenticed himself to a guy and did stained glass. No kidding. And did that until he went. And then he started to take painting at the same time because he said he knew that he, it was just... He wanted to do more, and he, you know, the stained glass is a lot. I mean, he was cutting it. He was doing all that stuff wow. in his up until he was seventy, and then he, re, and he was starting to paint then, and realized that I can, I can paint. I can get this out faster. And yeah, uh, we don't need to bring dyed glass into this. Yeah, and he painted <laughs> until he was, I think, eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. I think I keep thinking, but I think it was eighty three, and hundreds of paintings. Wow, and, um, are they good? Well, you know the the special. He's dead. You can tell me. Too dark. I didn't quite understand uh, understand them because they're very. He, it's um, he called it hard edged abstractionism. Okay. So it's it's it, it, geometrical shapes and designs. My okay. father was a mechanical engineer, hmm. so he thought a lot that way. And and then his teacher, who he had two teachers. They were a husband and wife at the junior college, and both. You know, not really pretty good teacher, really pretty good artists. I mean, I, I'm impressed with their work. But what? But he, he, the the teacher was really impressed with my father's work. And he, later, God, my dad must have been 90 at this point. Did a retrospective of his work at the college. Wow. And he, because he said, your father never. They finally built a space big enough. He said, you know, your father's big paintings. Uh, were never shown properly, and I wanted them to, people to see them. And he said, because they needed, he said, your father's was painting for, his stuff should have gone on buildings. Hmm. And I went in there to look, and I went, oh, fuck, now I get it. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Remarkable. So he's doing huge paintings. Well, I mean, there were big paintings, and then he said, look at it and imagine it on, you know, you take that. Yeah. Because he said the, the canvas kind of contained what he yeah. what was going on. But then again, we the, if the uh, in the special, if you oh uh, behind you. You, you, that's that's his painting. No way. Yeah, I really admired your background. I thought that was an excellent Thanks. background. Yeah, it so your was, dad is, is very he painted talented. that and that and we're and we're turning it into a scarf. Actually, we are really yeah. Because <laughs> that it's, sounds it's, like a lie. It's a and great, we're turning it into a scarf. And all of the proceeds will go to. Uh, 
we'll send all the stuff to charity. It's remarkable. Wow. Because it's a beautiful scarf. He had all of this stuff. I've got about 130 paintings that I've kept aside. And due to that fucking pandemic, I've not been able to take the time mm. to, to really put up a, you know, I want to do a showing of his stuff. Yeah. And, I then, and then kind of want to auction the stuff off because mm. I think it's, it's good. It should be in people's homes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's all my friends wanted a painting. Yeah. He and uh, a lot of his stained glass was. He did a, you know, because I did theater. He had a comedy, a, a comedy and tragedy uh, masks hmm. on a big piece of stained glass. I mean, wow. it's unbelievable. What? How did that impact? I mean, as you're saying this, look, I love my dad, and if my dad put on a beret tomorrow and was like, "There's something beautiful inside me, Peter," <laughs> I would shit. I'd be, I'd be happy for him. Yeah. Forget it. What yeah. I. I'd be because I know you and I both know how good it feels to have a purpose, to have a drive, to to make something. You have to green light it. You mm-hmm. have to say like I'm worthy. So that means your dad did some work to get things flowing enough to produce, and that yeah. that has to make you really happy. I mean, it's making it, it, me happy for your dad. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, and uh, and he lo- you know, and he was going to school. He was going to school three times a week and for uh, painting. Yeah, wow. just for, and he uh, and the best was God. He'd been doing it for been painting about four or five years. They did a showing of all of the student work, and somebody broke into the museum and stole two of the two paintings, and they were both his. Oh my God! Well, that's kind of a compliment. <laughs> well, there, it isn't was. There? <laughs> said, I said, "What do you think of that?" He said, "There's." He said, there's a thief out there with great taste. Yes. <laughs> this is where we find out it was your dad. Yeah. <laughs> we find out he put on an old school I've cat got, burglar. I know. <laughs> I, I, I really did wonder. I, if, uh, but it's, it's great really, PR. Only two paintings were sold. So, and they were, uh, right next to a man they, <laughs> they took the black. <laughs> well, what, your dad's name isn't black, was it? Is no, it, it was uh, it, it was Black. And black. They, and then it was black. It oh. became black. Oh, it did? Oh, I thought you changed your name. No. Like Michael Ian Black, the other, the lesser black. <laughs> Say that in <laughs> No, I did not change my, no. Just, Thank God they did change it from black. Yeah, black. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I would have been, I would have been an asthmatic with a last name like that. <laughs> <laughs> and what was his dying process like? Were you there? Was it something you experienced? No, it, it was this slow, I mean, because he, uh, he just got weaker. He had a heart thing that, uh, and he just. Um, you have t- a condition where it's been beating for a hundred and one years. Yeah, yeah, really. But he just he faded out. But you know that was it. You know yeah. he kind of the hearing started to go a bit. He just my father was all re- all. My father uh, was like living with Buddha. My father mm. had a smile on his face. 99% of the time, like, but not like one of those goofy fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clown not a Walmart fuck. greeter. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He had figured something no, out. No, he had this Something kind serene. Of, yeah. Yeah. And he always had it, and it was unbelievable. Do you think he knew himself, sort of in a spiritual way? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I do. Uh, because because that the, doesn't happen. Nobody's going around smiling, unless, to your point, there was like a 1950s saccharine disgusting grotesque yeah, no like yeah, fake no, kind of at peace and then or as i said he he had another joke way early on in my act was that way before you know when i was you know way way early on 
when I was still finding myself on stage, one mm. was just that he was, he, I, I just thought he was, he he had a dirty movie running in his head all the time. That is very good. <laughs> so, My dad just seems fine. Yeah. He's just watching Deep Throat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, and he just, I mean, because he would say things like, uh, you know, he said, you need the only... The only regret I have in terms of um, my skill as a mechanical engineer, this was unbelievable. I'd have to go, you can't, you can't really say this aloud to a lot of people. Dad. He said, you know, I wish I had developed an instrument uh, that could measure cleavage. I went, <laughs> what? What the fuck are you talking about? He said, no one is really measured it and it needs to be measured needs to be quantified yes that is very funny my father would just my father loved breasts he just <laughs> it's on his epitaph either right the inscription on the epitaph yeah, really yeah, small so you yeah. have to lean down yeah. and show cleavage i'm actually trying to figure out what to put on the tombstone for the two of them and uh, it was my father loves breasts that's good and then my <laughs> And and then it was uh, and then I was going to write on the next and and I was allergic to my mother's breast milk. <laughs> you were yeah, which is always a clear sign that something's going to go fucking wrong. That isn't is that crazy? A comedian's that's yeah. like ask an AI to write a one line yeah, comedian exactly. origin story. And I've never used the Lewis joke. Black was allergic to his mother's mm -hmm. breast milk, and here's nine specials. <laughs> <laughs> You never did a joke about it. I still still have not. I haven't figured out what the joke is exactly. You know? Yeah, I know. I it's almost it's like it's almost self-contained. It is. You know. Well, going back to magic, there's actually something in magic where a trick can't be too impossible. You know, like I, if I were going to make this disappear, I would cover it, right? And it it turns out even if I could just make it disappear in front of you, you'd actually prefer this version. Yeah. The way that the, the story-making brain works would rather the, I wonder what happened when it was behind that car. Yeah. How, that's the fun. Oh, that's wow, the that's titillation. I, yeah. Like if I just went like that, I mean, yeah, but that's kind of, he was allergic to breast milk to me. It's like already a satire. And why would you satirize yeah, it? Going really, back to yeah, your point yeah. earlier. So your dad, was he a spiritual person? Not, not. Um, Can I say that I don't need him to be? Not, not that you need me oh, to need it, but I'm just sort oh, of like no, people find themselves no, he, with no help. Yeah, no, he he didn't. Um, he didn't have that. We were we went to. Uh, this is how spiritually was in terms of intelligence. Was is I'm going to get bar mitzvah. Me and my brother are bitching about having to go to Sunday school until we're fifteen. You know, confirmation. Yeah, and because uh, you had it both ways. Yeah, I was bar mitzvah, and then gra you graduate, and they, so they, you know. Catholic and Jewish, I mean. No, no, Jewish. Just, oh, Jewish just confirmation? Straight, Jewish confirmation. I didn't know you guys uh, stole yeah, that. We, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I make an accusation. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were uh, sneaking around, <laughs> taking that from the Catholics. Yeah, we did. We grabbed that. And I think it was just, they just, they just looked at it as, oh, that's another way we can get rid of them on, this, <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, and it was on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. So we went to, and he said, here's what we're going to do. They would have an adult class every every time. So he said, I'm going to take you and your brother. You're going to do this. And we're going to go through all this. And, and I thought in the end, I thought that was phenomenal. I yeah. mean, as much as I bitched all the way through it, hmm. I thought it was really good to be, 
uh, I think for Catholics, the, the, the one thing that Catholic and the Jew get out of it is they're taken out of the public, yep. out of the whole public square, to get a sense of what it's like to be other, which mm. gives you an empathy for mm. those who are other. Mm. And so, but he said, he goes, so here's what we're going to do. You finish, and uh, I'm going to finish. If When you finish and you're done, you're done. You don't have to worry about, we're not going back. Uh, when my brother finishes, he's done, and when and and then I will decide if I'm done, hmm. and that's and I will if if I will continue to go or I will quit. And he quit. We all quit. The whole family. The whole family. You did it as a family for once. <laughs> yeah, you for did once. something as a, as a family. family. You quit church we or quit temple. I suppose. Temple. Yeah. And then where <laughs> do you? Because this idea of your dad being this little serene. And I understand that he had human emotions. Well, you want to hear this? Yeah. Tell you know, me. This will yeah. get you the, the hook for... And if I say that again, just punch me. Hook? Do hook. Do hook. Um, <laughs> we found a word. What's the word today? Mine uh, is fire in your belly. Uh, yeah, you're standing a flame or <laughs> yeah. a sun. Yours is hook. <laughs> yeah, mine it's okay. Is... It's what happens. This is an energy vortex, and people get stuck on this show a lot in certain metaphors. My father... This is a great story, and I... And I do love to tell it. My father was um, a mechanical engineer and designed sea mines, the mines that you put oh, yeah. uh, in your harbor to protect your harbor from submarines. Yeah. and oh. Bad buoys, we call them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops-a-buoy. That's what we call them. Don't, don't touch those. <laughs> so he was behind that, and that's what he did. And he never felt... And then during... When the war ended and he was working in for the Defense Department uh, doing this, he he uh, he tried to get work at, at a variety of um, like Bendix Corporation, Frigidaire, you know, the Maytag. It's and, hard to walk into Maytag and be like, "You guys have a secure harbor." <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, it was interesting. They were they all everybody was making weapons, oh. so it was literally we're not. We're not doing that stuff. You can come here and make weapons, or also, you know, or he wasn't getting the jobs because it was the, it was really still um, there was an anti-Semitism thing going mm. on, and when they would meet him, that would he wouldn't get the job. And, and my father was not a big like, let's look at, uh, under every rock for anti-Semitism. It was just that's the way it was, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so he kept working, and he had no. He said he and he could. Um, he he felt comfortable doing that, uh, uh, in ter- mor- morally comfortable, because they were uh, defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. So he didn't feel any guilt about it. And uh, my mother started screaming about the war in Vietnam, and my father said, "Well, w- you don't really know because you you know you this is based on a, a the Gulf of Tonkin resolution based on the Geneva Accords." And he said, "I'm going to read those." And when I finish reading them, I'll let you know what I think. And then we'll decide if we're going to quit <laughs> as a family. Well, pretty close. For once, because what yeah. happened was, is he, nobody that I know of, nobody, no, I've, I've stated this on it numerous times. Uh, it, I, it's in the book I wrote. I said, you know, you know, nobody else has ever come forward and said, I said, nobody else I know has read the Geneva Courts. My yeah. father came home with this little blue book and read the entire Geneva Courts. More the, people they, have read the instructions for a Honda Accord. 
Geneva herself haven't read the Geneva Court. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so with you. So he read the, he read it. Wow. And he said, um, there is absolutely nothing in this that uh, supports uh, the the uh, what they say should be. This is this. There's no reason we should be at war with them on the basis of this. The, yeah. This Gulf of Tonkin resolution is bullshit. Wow. And it's there. There's nothing in here that that should have motivated us to go to war. Hmm. Nothing. Hmm. And then Most within of this is a recipe for a tiramisu. <laughs> I, guys, are we knowing? <laughs> he, he, Sorry, I'm so up. riffing. This beautiful story, and I keep peppering my, <laughs> my no, dumb it's riffs. <laughs> it's, uh, that, that way they'll listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is. Yeah. Oh my God, he's still Stick going. Around. He's Stick still around for the tiramisu riffs. <laughs> yeah. And while then, you go, there'll be two recipes at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> One is for moral courage, and the other is for a delightful tiramisu. So, <laughs> he ends up. He ends up. Uh, they mine Haiphong Harbor, and so now they've used his. Yeah, his they've used sea mines as an offensive weapon. Yeah, and uh, and then within three months, he uh, we're sitting around. He says. Uh, uh, your mother and I have talked, and I've made the decision I'm not going to work for the government anymore, and wow. I'm retiring. Wow. And I was like, Jesus, that's extraordinary. That is. That's unheard of. And it was during, got to realize, you know, I'm at school, it's 1970. Yeah. It's not looking promising for you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Is it not. <laughs> Nobody's like, we're going to lean on this boy. Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm, go, I'm heading to be a playwright. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, really. This guy's smoking cigarettes and looking out a, a studio <laughs> yeah. apartment window. Yeah, really. I don't know if we can retire on old Lewis. <laughs> so so he, it was a risk. It wasn't just, I think I'll yeah. retire now. Well, he I mean, was, I, was, uh, I was finishing up school, so that was, my brother still had two years, so it was not, uh, it was pretty remarkable that he, he walked away, and it was huge for me because it probably uh, made me uh, made it determined that uh, in many ways for me that I was going to make choices on the basis of what I wanted to do, what as opposed to what uh, I I think I should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting as you're telling that wonderful story, reading stuff, right? Like. I just I, I love Adam McKay's movies. I just rewatched The Big Short, and then I was I loved it so much. It was probably my fifth time seeing it, and then I rewatched. I just watched part of it. I just, it's good. I, it's oh, it's a really and that and you forget how um, that cast is incredible. Cast is incredible. There's Kendall Roy yeah. before anybody knew Kendall Roy. Yeah, being a completely different guy, by the way. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, some people are acting. Yeah. I'm in stuff. There's Pete, and he's wearing a red shirt. There's Pete, and he's wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> this guy's a different guy. Yeah. Different like mannerisms. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Jeffrey Jeffrey Strong? Jeremy Strong? Jeremy, Jeremy Sorry, Strong. sorry, Jeremy. Yeah. But you know, he's such a shapeshifter. He could be a Jeremy or a Jeffrey. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm never wrong. I'm just kidding. But that movie uh, and and the, the people that shorted the housing market crash, meaning predicted that it would crash and yeah. benefited, all comes down to Christian Bale's character just reading... Uh, what the bonds were composed of. Yeah. Like, and, and there's a line, like with your dad going, no one reads the Geneva Accords. Accords. No one reads the mortgages. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm bored, and I love what I'm saying. Yeah. No one reads the bundles of mortgages that make up, comprise a bond that you can then bet against. So he read, stayed up a couple nights, I guess, and just read thousands of 
mortgages and assessed how stable they were. And that's the difference between, that's the five feet to the stage. Yeah, yep. That's, it wasn't fucking sexy, interesting, fun, cool. It was a, uh, when I say weird, I say, I say that with love. It was a outlying individual who smelled something funky and then did the boring ass reading. And that's what your, your dad did. Here's where I'm going to take it. I think I'm, I'm so I'm I'm one of the I'm optimistic about artificial intelligence. I think it's already you done. You are, yeah. You want to? We can talk about that in a minute. Yeah, whenever love, you get a chance. I'd I'm going to lie down. Go <laughs> 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 I'd love. I know. I'm excited for your take. <laughs> uh, I am. But well, one of the things that AI has done is is I'm going to get the science language wrong, but there's something I'm not even going to try to say. Well, I'm going to grade you on it. I know. Well, the people listening are going to be mad because somebody- Stop it. Okay, just fucking get off his back. You're going to get what I'm trying to say, even if I don't say it correctly. But in the past, it took about six years for one scientific team to crack. I'm going to say this is the part that's going to be wrong, but one of the human genomes or something, some- incomprehensibly complex bundle of DNA, RNA, all this fucking stuff. It would take about six years for a team to crack one of them. Then they programmed an AI to do it. It took six years to program it. And since then, it's done thousands of them. So we understand the human body way better because a program was let loose. Here's This leads somewhat to my optimism. AI. AI did it. That's true. Thousands. Fucking nuts. Yeah, no, that's... Because that's the... um, That's one of the things that drove uh, cystic fibrosis um, to to finding... uh, It is not a cure, but it is is literally uh, lengthen the lives. Yeah. Because they they could test a pill, what you just basically said. They could test a pill... A pill, a billion different ways, a billion different ways. We had this, we had this, we had this. That's what it is. AI can be like Christian. I think in 10 years, maybe less, it's going to be very quaint that people like Christian Bale's character, I'm sorry, I can't remember the real guy's name, used to just stay up for three nights reading mortgages when an AI could just be like, oh, you want to find a pattern in the mortgages? I can do that in 0.0001 seconds. And that's really, really cool. But I think what's going to happen is that outlying phenomenon of, of intense data analysis, we're already doing it. I could go on chat GPT and say, summarize, what's the name of your book? We'll plug it. Uh, we'll plug, uh, <laughs> plug, plug nothing sacred, for God's sake. There you go, okay. It's, it's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> nothing sacred. You could say summarize. I, I had it summarize my book. Yeah. I was like, we'll see about this. Summarize Pete Holmes's book. Comedy Sex God in 500 words. Yeah. And by God, it fucking did it. And I was I was like, I, I was humbled because I was like, it's too subtle. It takes a weird left in the middle. It completely changes. It got that. It was like, no, it was like, like and then it, and I'm like, holy shit. So what I'm saying is- the, My summary would be, I got it for free. <laughs> and that was I got it for free sturdy. and it's been a very sturdy coaster yes, for many, good. many years in the black household. You see what I'm saying? So this leads to some of the AI optimism is I'm like, the problems that can be solved through boring ass stuff that usually takes either a, a mental anomaly, meaning I just have a higher tolerance for boring data, are gonna be like commonplace. You, we, can, we can set things out to look for things that used to take- 
months of sweating and grueling that we hate doing, right. we'll be able to have access to that information much, much faster. That leads to some of my optimism. And, and yeah, But that would be, but then there has to be, you know, which is uh, the, the guy who went in front of Congress, who's one of the three who came up with AI, yeah. going, you got to fucking help us. Right. <laughs> We've got to have, you've got to create boundaries. Yes. And that's our problem. I, I I have what you say about AI is absolutely is true true really and I really have it's glad you reminded me of it of something good instead of yeah. just ah! yeah well yeah, I yeah. mean I you know because it's also you know my acting go oh, how many we've been dealing with AI it's like how many of you you know you call the you call, you call up the pharmacy yeah. and you just you need to you need to find a, a, a pill and you don't have the the thing that tells you what the number is and it yeah. literally it's like if you're, you're calling for a b b b b c you know I haven't even filled in the and yeah. they're already laughing so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. You no know, you can't laugh because I've got to fill this in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's right <laughs> but it's true you know and then you're you know and then I got you know you're screaming get me a human being get and yeah. AI is not operator. that smart I understand you want an operator Lewis <laughs> yeah. but right now it's just you and me yeah so if you could cool the beans just for a moment <laughs> it will get sophisticated enough where it, imagine an ai that was you or me that that could have like social grace and be like yeah. look i get it you don't want to talk to a robot imagine yeah. it's coming it's coming i understand but believe me i can help you more than phil you want to talk to phil <laughs> it roasts phil this guy just had a heavy lunch he's half asleep I'm perfectly capable of helping you. What do you think Phil can do? Just does 20 minutes on Phil. And yeah. You're like, this guy's all right. Like, you'd be one over. Or you wouldn't know you're talking to an You wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know. You know? Here's my, I, I, I'm going to load this back to you. Yeah. And it goes into somewhat of a, a, a spiritual bent. I think everything, the way the universe works, is sort of helping us wake up, realize ourselves, evolve. And I think AI is going to do that. And I, this is my prediction. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but let's just consider it. It's going to help us realize how insane we are. Because once you develop something that doesn't have an ego, you're going to realize that human motivation is like, let's eat the elderly, right? Why is that funny? It's because we live in a world where it's like, at least it's for something. I'll fucking kill you if I get something, if I can have sex with it, if I can taste it, if it can give me status, if it can give me space. I want to go to Bora Bora and sit on a balcony, smoke a cigar. These are all stimulants and, and status things. White, head, white earbuds, the newest phone. It's all bullshit. You know this, I know this. But an AI is not going to... War starts in the minds of men, it says at, at the UN. These are fucking ego trips. And once we develop and the AI develops itself to a point where it's egoless, you'll be talking to something that this is all, you know, optimistic, will only reflect back to us how fucking nuts we've been. Because we'll go like, how do we do this? And it's like, why would you want to do that? Like it won't understand everything we do is to have sex, yeah. make more of ourselves and, and status that doesn't make any sense. You won't be able to disrespect an ultimate intelligence. You won't be able to offend an ultimate intelligence. An almost ultimate intelligence won't want to make more of itself. It won't want to relax. It won't want to own land. It won't want to dominate people. Does that does any of that make sense? No, it does make sense, and it would make sense if they give it a voice like uh, George Clooney, Jimmy. Well, actually, Jimmy hey. Stewart. Yeah, you know, oh. Gary Cooper. 
You know, it has to have that kind of a voice because it literally. Well, why would you want to do that? Well, that's your money and my money. We need to band together, have a universal salary. It's all nuts. Money's nuts. Property's nuts. Yes. Food is nuts. It's all fucking but, nuts. But the but uh, and this is where. Uh, I will get on the off ramp with you, but only go so far. Yeah, because I there's believe- an In and Out Burger, man. We'll have a nice <laughs> then, lunch. Oh, good. Then yeah, let's stop. <laughs> Fuck this. We're going to take a few minutes <laughs> just to relax and think about the In and Out Burger, yeah. which is artificial intelligence on a whole other level. It sure is. Uh, yeah. No, but the, we, um, we, you know, the the universe has been telling us that forever. That we're nuts. Yeah. And that's the universe why- screams it every day. The universe, as soon as you do, yesterday we're driving, I mean, it, 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 I'm, you know, you don't see it all the time, but I'm driving through Colorado through like the, the, the swatches of it where no one is and yeah. through the mountains. The O's. Just go. In the word Colorado, those O's are very empty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're looking at a map and you wrote Colorado on it. A lot of empty space. <laughs> so you, you, you know, basically it's shouting. The, 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 the universe shouts at you. You're fucking nuts. So, yeah. I mean, I think there is the, the my problem is, it, it, this is where I s- stumble. Wait, when did it shout to you, though? Mm-hmm. When did, what was it about driving through Colorado that shouted It was just the, the the whole landscape. Oh, the quietness. The like, quietness. It was quiet enough for you to go like. stunning. It's like, yeah. you know, what whatever you fuckers are doing does not compare to this. It's like. The joke I have is I lived in Colorado and the mountains were there. You know what those mountains said to people? Don't fucking go over the mountain. Yeah. Don't go over the mountain. That's why God put the mountain there. Yeah. Okay, so we went over the mountain. All right, so we did. You know, you're not supposed to eat the apple. So we did. All right, so we did that. But, you know, by being in the midst of it, you don't, you just kind of go, this is glorious. This is this is all the other stuff is meaningless and comparative to this, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, and you, and you could turn the radio on while you're watching this and listen to how we're going to be, the government's going to shut down in a day and a half and all these people are going to get fucked. And then you look here and go, what is the matter? With yeah, us? yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And can I unpack that a little bit? Yeah. Going over the mountain. It's like, what does it feel like to not go over the mountain? Right. It's un, it's unbearable. It's there. If, if you're not it, peace if you're not like your dad watching a dirty movie and it's so it's all specialness that's kind of what i'm saying is if ai was actually uh you know like almost like a godlike thing it wouldn't be interested in specialness everything we do is for specialness including eating the apple my interpretation of the garden of eden is eat this apple you'll be kicked out of oneness of perfect unity, yeah. identityless unity, though no specialness. The nakedness isn't. I'm not wearing clothes. It's I don't even have an identity. I'm not. I'm, I'm naked. I'm zero, and I'm zero with God, and I'm zero with Eve, and I'm zero with the garden. But it's just one zero. And then the voice of the ego, the snake, says, "Eat this apple. You'll get kicked out, but you'll be. You'll be fucking special." And that is what I think. It's it's a great origin story yeah. that's what we're doing i'm not saying this in an aggressive way 
even a nice, loving conversation like this, there's elements of it. It's like, am I getting enough? Imagine if yeah. I wouldn't let you talk. Like, a job, I, don't I know I'm doing that a little bit, but like, that's a winning. Like, and I get to be like special. That's what's so offensive about someone who doesn't listen. It's like, they're only special. Now I'm vanishing and it's fucking lonely. We came here to be special and climb mountains and, and break rules. And, and we'll do it at the cost of our own equanimity, our peace, our oneness, our connectedness. Does that, any yeah. of that relate? Oh, no, yeah. I could tell you you were enjoying it. I'm just throwing it back to you. <laughs> yeah. No, I got it. No, it's. Uh, but my the the problem with AI is is just that you know, and part of it is just the joke, but part of it is the reality of it is is that I I see the planet as being a collection of of, of idiots. We're yeah. just dopes. We're dumb. We're dumb. And so then there were th- three of the dumbest people. Uh, the smart ones of the dumb ones, but just yes. smart. They're just a little bit smarter than the dumb. That's how much more they. That's right. We're the we're this dumb, and then the only reason, and they're they took it just that much more. They got yeah. just a little That's bit right. more of brain, and they, and it's this. I I can't really charge, trust the 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 smartest to the dumb ones. So I'm hoping AI kind of connects the dots because I don't know. It's going to take, you know, what we need at this point is you, you, is you had someone like uh, an Einstein, where you have those thinkers, that's, yeah. or the Beatles, where you have somebody who is all of a sudden got that clear vision, because yeah. that's what we lack now. We, yeah, I hear you. You know, that one, that kind of, the few people who kind of get it. And, and here's, I was just going to throw in terms of, of AI because I know it was a part of I'm sure it was a part of creating the uh, the mRNA the the vaccine yeah uh, here's one that they just threw. oh you think they used AI to make the vaccine I, I have a feeling yeah yeah because of only because of um of the uh, you know the, the throwing the pill in and which pill is going to work oh this that I the one it's just a conjecture on my yeah. part but today they makes sense. Uh, they gave it the uh, I mean, this is the kind of shit that's got to be done in terms of it's a minor, but those the two who came up with it were were given the Nobel Prize today. Oh, were they really? Yeah. Oh wow. And that and that I will announce here on Peter's show is going to fuck things up because then that whole group of people go, well, they didn't deserve the Nobel Prize. What? Yes, they deserve the Nobel Prize. You fucking idiots. God damn it. And now we're going to have to argue it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so part of what we're, we're dealing with, too, is, is that you're, you've pushed toward, toward getting over the mountain, and then we got a whole bunch of people going, uh, no, I'm going to, I need to stay here at the bottom of the mountain and uh, look for the smell of swamp gas. Mm, I mean, that's. Mm, yeah. It's what? those people pulling from behind that don't, I mean, that yeah. doesn't. It, it, and that's kind of like you need those people who leap the boundaries. Yeah. And they used to listen to them. <laughs> right. No, that's true. We could be going into a, we're already in like a post-truth era. We could be in like a post-post-truth. Yeah. Everybody gets their own microclimate of truth. And that's certainly already happening. When I, when I try and find compassion for people that are like, the people that made the vaccine don't deserve the Nobel Prize, I really hear like, like my dad, the Irish poet, as he's saying, maybe I won't see you next time. I think we're all pretty heartbroken at how vulnerable we are 
And when, when someone makes a vaccine and says, you need this or you'll die, it will always be compelling. And I can relate to this to go, fuck you. You know what I mean? I'm not like, it's like, we're like flowers in the sidewalk and it's a busy sidewalk. People, flowers are getting crushed all the time. And then the flowers to make ourselves feel better go like, no, we're good. We're fucking flowers. I'm a, what am I? I'm an American flower. I'm a rich flower. I'm a powerful flower. I'm a sexy flower. You're still a flower in the sidewalk and, and, and the feet are coming. But like, it's, it's like, even smoking, uh, talking about how you were a smoker. Yeah. Smoking is like, fuck you, I, I, eat shit. That's like its own version of like, and the, there's such a tenderness in a vaccine. There's such a humility in a vaccine to go like, I can't, I can't. And we're not, we're not a culture that really admires humility. I know I say this, everybody, I'm so sorry, but watch any movie, watch Top Gun, Watch and I love these movies. Mission Impossible. Watch the board. Yeah, like Top Gun. Top it was, Gun too. It was good in the theater. Then I watched it on a TV and I was like, yeah. "Why did I ever like this?" Yeah. <laughs> but in the theater was yeah, one of the, the greatest things. Yeah. Oh yeah, you should have seen it in the theater. Yeah. No, you shouldn't have. Go live your life, Lewis. <laughs> don't don't go see Top Gun in the theater. No, I will now. <laughs> I said it because you're that impressionable. I really, I must. But these movies. Look at the Avengers. They're all basically, even though the Avengers are kind of an ensemble movie, but it's really just like a lot of loners go and kick ass and only accept help at the last minute. Like if you're about to die, then it's okay if I come in and shoot the guy on you but and then move on and act like that never happened. Yeah. It's very macho or... Do you see what I'm saying? We're not a like... The vaccine, like we don't, we don't like that story. Does that make sense? Yeah, That's why we're like, fuck these scientists. But I'm not did, saying. But that. we did like that story, and then we stopped liking the story. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And that's what's weird. And we stopped liking the story because of this, yeah, in part, so that we have separate realities, in part. I mean, that we're arguing. Look, I mean, the basic is is that we are, we we would be in better shape if we agreed on what reality is. We are on an acid trip. And part of the room thinks there's snakes everywhere, okay? And you cannot go there when you're on acid. Just a tip. Just a tip. <laughs> but that's really part of the it deal. It is true. You know? Whenever I'm in a... This happens sometimes when I'm on psychedelics, but I actually... Uh, yesterday, I just had a very beautiful morning and centered myself to a pretty psychedelic place, but just sitting there. And I... Right. It was beautiful. And you know how I did it? I just closed my eyes and listened to everything that was happening around me. I wouldn't even, even call it meditation. There was no effort. Just kind of appreciating that, like, I am a field of awareness and nothing is outside of it. And there's a bird. And it seems so far away. But really, it's just a quiet noise right here. You know what I mean? I add the story that it's over there. But really, it's, it's all happening on the white piece of paper that is you. Yeah. It's all written on you. I just got fucking tripped out on that. Then I went downstairs and I was looking around. And I was like oh, my daughter and my wife didn't have this experience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm having a different experience. And sometimes I have that on, you take something like MDMA that makes you very loving. You're like, whoa, it's all how you feel. <laughs> like, we're, and we're all separate units having these. And what I hear you saying is like, we need to get on the same page. Yeah. Like, it would help us if we could get on the same page. Because <laughs> yeah. some of us are having a very bad trip. There's a lot of bad trips going on out there. Very, and, very bad trip. And that you... 
I mean, because the joke I did was just, you know, there was an acceptance of the polio vaccine. There was no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. There was no discussion. Right. It's like, do you want your kid? And I said, you don't want your kid to be in an iron lung or not. This is, can you debate about whether you should get it, this or not? You know, you can debate it all you want. You cannot deny that it worked, okay? Yeah. Even though people, you know, there were less people dying. Okay, that's all you wanted. You yeah. didn't, the rest of the argument is insane. Yeah. The MNR, mRNA virus left your body. It left, I mean, what they gave you left you. It's not there. It is not like a flu shot. Get a grip. Fucking listen when people try to explain it to you rather than... <laughs> don't go there. Okay, they're trying to talk to you. Yeah. Take the earplugs out. It's... Uh, and because in, in, in mRNA was the step toward the next thing, which is curing cancer. So, if we, and all of those people who are bitching about this, yeah, are, are gonna and what they'll uh, benefit from it, and, and yeah. will won't go to a hospital, and then they go, you know. Uh, we're, we don't have to give you chemo. What we're going to do is give you this. They're going to go. What are, are you going to now say? No. Yeah. I don't want that. I right. want the. I it's, want the hard stuff. Right. It's real gun to your head. Gun to your head, and you're like, yeah. And that's when they kind of go, oh yeah, no, I'm going to have to rely on science because I'm going to die. Fuck you. Right. All right. Right. The, right. This was. This is not something that has taken place out of the context. I right. mean, it, I just. And a lot of it, I still believe a lot of it had to do with the uh, that this period of time when when someone sits down to write it, there's going to be a hell of a book yeah. about what it did to the human psyche. The pandemic. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The, you know, you've come out with this positive attitude, and I'm still trying to figure out why I'm 75. <laughs> <laughs> I should like been. your like your dad. Like I go yeah. down for breakfast and I go. I don't. I, yeah. I, I'm never going to forget that. That's really, <laughs> you know what's interesting, and maybe I'm not the first. I'm certainly not the first to notice this. But it's like you said, this all changed with this. These micro realities that we're all living in are very curated to us. And what I'm saying, you held up the phone, and I'm like, it, it's even like there's so much customization in the polio time. There wasn't as much customization. You got your pants at the pants store, if I'm picturing it correctly. Yeah, yeah. But there wasn't like 9,000 pants. You could even look at it like video games. When I was growing up, video games, you were Mario. Yes. Now you play a video game, you make a guy or a woman or a, or a fucking orc that looks exactly like you or yeah. exactly like what you want. Something wrong with that. But like once you introduce into the bloodstream of humanity ultimate customization... A choice of whether or not you take a vaccine is just another choice. It's another identity-making choice. This is another thing that the AI that's wouldn't very, understand at all. <laughs> that's a very good way to look at it. That's an identity-maker. It's an identity-maker. Yeah. Well, again, in the interest of compassion, I know there. this is something that we say on the show all the time. If I were you, I'd be you. So that, take an anti-vaxxer that hates the Nobel Prize and all that. And I was like, if I was him, I'd be him. Yeah. Because there's a possibility... Get, and we know it's true. If I grew up with that person's experiences in that community with access to what he had access to and didn't have access to or whatever, he'd, I'd be him. Yeah. And if he was me and had access to what I had access to and the relationships I had and the parents that I had and this and that, and that he'd be me. So there's something kind of beautiful to just dropping and going like, it's not the... Your identity isn't the end-all, be-all. And when I say identity, I really just mean the character you're playing in this yeah. weird trip world. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like to go, 
I know there's a me that would have been at a rally with the mask and it's cut out and I'm going, fuck you, fuck you. I know because there is one. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know how I know yeah. I could be it? Because someone else is it. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't excuse anything. I'm just saying it increases understanding. No, but it also increases empathy. That's what I'm saying. Like you said about the othering. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, growing up thinking everyone was going to hell, I don't anymore helped me and primed me to understand flat earthers. You know what I mean? Flat earthers. Oh, I'm just saying like, yeah. I know kind of what it's like yeah. to have a weird belief. Somebody, <laughs> I, was, I, I know, except that, well, it's true, but except that one is so weird. Somebody, I said it the other day, in, I forget in what context on some interview, radio or press thing. And I said like the, like the flat earthers and the guy paused and went, you know, See, here's what I don't... He went into it? He he actually said, no, he didn't go into it. But what he said, which was interesting, he said, I don't know what the advantage is of thinking that. Uh, That the earth is flat? (laughs) Yeah. He said, I don't know what advantage you get from thinking that. You know, he said, either way, it's the same. There's not like, oh, I've one-upped you. I actually really like this guy. I like that interpretation. Because that's how I feel about simulation theory it doesn't matter if we're plugged into a simulation, the fundamental, in fact, the base element of what you are, which is awareness, is the feeling, is the sensation, it's not even a sensation, it's not a feeling, but the knowledge that I am, like I, this image is being given to me and then there's something in me that knows it. Yeah. And I hear it and I know it and I learn it and I know it. The thing that knows, if it's knowing a simulation or it's knowing reality, What's the fucking difference? The mystery of knowing, of being, is still there. And that, you could call that God, or you, like, maybe we talked about this last time, but I like the Jewish, uh, you know, Moses says to God, who are you? And he says, I am that I am. He says, I am emness. I am beingness. That sense of, like, I'm aware. Awareness itself. So what you're aware of in every mystical tradition is secondary. So if it's a simulation or if it's a dance or if it's Maya or if it's play or if it's an acid trip or if it's a dream, the mystery remains. And we can still investigate that mystery even if reality isn't ultimately uh, what. What is real? It's just fucking, a, I'm feeling this and I well, go, but, it's but real. Then you it's all go, happening and in then, my mind. And then you go... Uh, that step two, because there's the simulation. I, I wrote a bit about the, in, I, in this book, I wrote about religions, you know, my religious experience and stumbled on this article about the simulation because, yeah. you know, that we, this is all, we're all just simulating. And I was like, and I went, fuck, I got this far without, nobody needed to tell me this. Yeah, I don't need yeah. to think about this. Yeah. This is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, you put it in a, in a, in a, in a in, well, you, you, you stated it well in terms of, of what it could mean. I was just like uh, stunned by that and then and what it meant and what it meant in terms of my belief yeah. of how this all works. Because it's like, no, I'm not, I can't go there. I, I refuse, you know, because somebody's right. simulating, someone's simulating, someone. Because right. then it's just simulation. Turtles back. all the way down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, but it is. It is turtles all the way down. Yeah. That's actually kind of what I'm saying is nothing's changed. The Hindus would say it's a dream. It's it's she I, I forget if it's Shiva's dream or yeah. whatever. But it's or whatever. I just dismiss a faith. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's a dream but or I like the food <laughs> or it's play. <laughs> Humanity has always taken spiritual ide- ident- uh, ideas and 
explain them using the height of technology. I've said this before, but it's like the Greeks or was it the Romans had aqueducts. So they were like, the brain is like a series of aqueducts. And now we go, the brain is like a computer. Or we can say, reality is a simulation. It's like a video game. It's like a, a VR. It's like the Matrix. It's like, we're we're still trying to explain, if you will, if you'll allow me, this isn't, re- this isn't the end of the story. What we're experiencing, your experiential happenings the plot of the movie isn't the point what happens to lewis if he does this or does that isn't the point the point is the origin and god is really just a word for origin it's just like the how can we reduce this to its smallest indivisible element yeah and whether we call the i kind of like saying that this is a distraction or maya illusion play simulation dream i get a lot out of dream it's just to go, okay, so then the point of this is to just let it go and find the source of it, if that makes sense. But finding the, the, finding the source of it is uh, basically in the end piece. Yeah, and it's you. Yeah, yeah. And it's you. But, but do you see, oh boy, we are really, this is, I really hate talking to you. Do you see it as, because uh, this is something I kind of, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think about it as much as you do, but um, but I've thought about it a lot. And that uh, um, was that it, do it, are we all the world? Is are each one of us everything? Yeah, I think and we so. are that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. are that. Okay, all right. Then we agree. Yep. And uh, you'll be able to find us in a psychiatric clinic near you. <laughs> they will be studying. No, that's so good, though. Like, uh, there's a lot of people, like psychosis and enlightenment uh, yeah, really. have a lot, very, yeah, very, very close. close. They're but, bedfellows. Well, the guy, the guy on the street yesterday who was, I was getting on the, uh, getting on in, uh, I think it was um, Salt Lake City, who was, had a shawl over himself yeah. and was, I was going out, it was like 10 in the morning to get on the, the, the bus to head to Grand Junction and he stopped me and said, you're Lewis Black. He said, I used to have money. I was doing pretty well, now I'm homeless. And uh, But I've been, fo- I've, I've followed your work for a long time. He said, and, uh, and I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, oh. yeah. And he said, in many ways, you're Jesus Christ. And that it would, and it was like one of those things. Yeah. If I had the ten minutes, yeah, I would go through the conversation with him. But like within another minute and a half, as I was getting toward the bus, I was like, oh no, this would. Well, not this be, is this. Would, there's a little too much. Of course. Well, the ego can't come along. Yeah. That is, there's a great part of be here now where, if you sit at the right hand of God and you're Lewis Black, you'll, that's insanity. You go, I, Lewis Black, yeah, yeah. and Jesus Christ. That's insanity. Yeah. If the smallest piece of awareness is the same awareness that Jesus had. But you could also, that guy is also Hitler. You know what I'm saying? Like Thich Nhat Hanh wrote a beautiful uh, poem about this. We've, we reference it all the time where he's like, he's like, I'm a beautiful frog in a pond, but I'm also the snake that eats the frog. And he, and he takes that to some very uncomfortable places. But if you're everything, you have to kind of be like, that's that's everything. everything. Psychosis always goes to, this is the phenomenon of everybody's past life. They were Marie Antoinette. You know what I mean? It's like, that's that's the ego coming in the back door. You're, ha- you're getting an ego identity trip out of your spiritual trip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, you picked the most famous person of all time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, a- sure. 
That Ramdas visited his brother in a psych ward, and he was like, "I'm Jesus Christ," and he's like, "I am too," and he was like, "But we didn't mean it the same way." Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's a weird. And one. Did, what is the line a friend of mine just sent me by him? Uh, that uh, we're all just walking uh, each other home. Yeah, yeah. That's a. That's it. That's really a great. That's well, a. That's the closest I've read in a long time to. Um, to finding some sense of peace of, yeah. of what we are doing that we are that somebody once described i went to a great you rarely go to a great funeral where somebody actually is speaking and tells you something about yeah, yeah. that gives you comfort yeah because mostly it's you know not, they take you know but this it's, it's mostly it, there's snacks afterwards yeah exactly <laughs> please yeah, relax there are, there yeah, are snacks there's <laughs> snacks and liquor uh it was a greek orthodox also, which made it interesting, and he said, "I don't know um, what the." He said, "I don't understand people when it comes to, and I'm this is I'm bastardizing this because I really wish I had a copy of it because it was one of these things I went, fuck, who knew that this guy was gonna fucking nail it, drop it, yeah, right you, here, you know, and but basically he was just on a simple level saying, we were somewhere, and then we showed up here, and when we leave, we go somewhere." He yeah. said. This is just a. This is just part of the journey, yeah. and you go, oh, why the fuck don't they say that more yeah, often? Yeah, that's great. Well, it's. I mean, it's. It's yeah. just. It's true. Yeah. It's as true as uh, as uh, we're going into that. This is it, and that's all that happens. And uh, yeah. And I find that I just don't. Um, I just have never. Uh, believe that even yeah. you know even and i've not been given that comfort by being born and raised jewish yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. but i know yeah. my friends who judy gold yeah um you know she and i've talked about uh, judaism stuff and she says a totally different take than i don't know wow mm. you know and uh, and we all kind of find it that way but i think that 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 whole idea of this is a journey is mm. and is your important. need is my need it's not just a thought experiment as if I'm like, there only is one awareness and it happens to be in you and me, uh, but it's the same. Then I realize that we have something, despite whatever differences we have, we're really just trying to get home. And there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. And it helps us put a lot of things aside and go like, I get it. This world's fucking weird. Let's not even worry too much about it. Like what's going on? <laughs> what do you think's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I just read this morning. It was like the greatest of all the koans is I, just the letter I. And I can't really do this. Rupert Spira, who I'm obsessed with, he can do it. He can guide people through like I, but it's like when, if you're feeling stressed as Who's I, Rupert Rupert Spire is he, he's he's a teacher he's uh, I don't know how to describe him because he's not particularly uh religious but he's like Ramana Maharshi do you know, know Ramana Maharshi self self-inquiry mm-hmm. they say inquiry because they're British <laughs> but it's just going like what do you mean when you say I like and nobody's really talking about this but he's talking about like that presence that's aware of your thoughts and your feelings. And he has all these brilliant ways of explaining it. He's like, if you ask someone to describe this room to them, they'd talk about chairs and microphones and coffee and Lewis and Pete, but no one would describe the space in the room. And he's like, and your awareness is like that space. So when it comes to like fear and 
what are we doing? And, and real peace that I, I'm getting the sense that your dad tasted yeah. is recognizing that you're the space in the room and the stuff comes and goes. Like what, what is the constant? If you can think of a, a memory from your childhood and ask yourself, was there a sense of being? Yeah, there was. So eight years old, it was there. Here you're 75, it's still here. So there is a constant. And asking yourself, when I say I, what do I mean? It, it can't be... Pete, Pete has been so many different fucking things. And it's not my thoughts. Those are changing. My beliefs change. My feelings change in, in this conversation. In this little moment, they've changed. So it's it's the presence that's watching them. And then when you can lean into that and not be afraid and learn to trust it and to know that its qualities are spacious and peaceful and kind, these are all not quite right, but loving, then you get a little bit less afraid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's do some cocaine. <laughs> that was my great discovery. <laughs> we really got there, and then we just blew rails. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah we'll see you. We got things to do. That, that, yeah. When I discovered that uh, uh, that cocaine, was, I, I'd done it for a bit, and then uh, I woke up. I had a really stupid night and woke up. I, I was using it to write late into the night and oh, wow. I, I, I was using it to, to to finish up a play and i and i literally it was one sentence that was written over and over and over again that i just did you, you know, shining debt i i just but i've written not but it was it was literally like this black line on the thing i'd written i never got anything really written oh, that i know i don't even know God. what i wrote and i woke up and said that's that that's enough of that. That's enough of that. And within a day, I realized, I said, what was I doing it for? And I realized I was doing it for anxiety. The, the, essentially, the high on cocaine is anxiety. It is anxiety. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And you drink, uh, uh, the, and you drink in sense to calm it down, and then you do more to kind of get that. Get it just right. Get, get, jerk it up again. And then I went, I said, I don't, if I need this, I can call my mother. That is good. <laughs> that is very good. Yeah, that's what... Uh, Mulaney uh, used to call anxiety free cocaine. That's when we, when yeah. we were close uh, a long time ago. It'd be like free cocaine, and I was like, "That's exactly right." <laughs> wow, I love that. Um, but let me plug it because I can't do it. I said that I can't do it as well as he can. But there's a book that Rupert wrote called "You Are the Happiness You Seek," which is brilliant. It's wow. really really great. Yeah, that's the plug. Let's close with this, Lou. Can you think of? a time in your life when you laughed really, 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 really hard. We've been talking about your parents. Maybe it was with your parents. Maybe someone fell. Maybe someone farted. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of big laughs I've had in my life, and the biggest as I remember it yeah. was because it was not connected to anything, and um, and it was I was on um, mescaline. <laughs> And I was lying in the grass and staring at the grass. And uh, say what you want about drugs; they get you outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not an outdoorsy person. <laughs> <laughs> but I was out there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm by myself totally. There was my friends were wandering around doing whatever, and I laughed at the grass for like three minutes. I could, and I can't explain yeah. what it was about. Yeah. And it wasn't a thought. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, the great. Da, 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 da. It was literally just this entire burst of like, yeah. This, you know, like it may have been that 
how stupid is this in fucking grass? And yeah. really, you didn't put me, you know? Yeah. You know, and I, and you know, that whole thing your brain does in the movies, kind of the movie would be, you know, boy, you know, I never really thought about grass and one should think about grass and then that yes, kind of, yes, whatever. Yes. None of that. Yes. It was just sheer joy. Yeah. Because Lewis can't come. It's kind of what we were just talking about. Yeah. All the great profound, even the space I was in yesterday morning, I can't, I, can't, I don't get to go. Pete doesn't even get to remember it. Yeah. That's what makes it so precious. Yeah. Drugs or otherwise, you're there and you're like, why should anything exist? That's the great contemplative prompt. Why should anything exist? Yeah. What? It's fucking nuts. It's crazy. I love that answer. It also reminds me of laughing at grass. I smoked some pot that was called LSD and I was like, we'll see about that. And boy, oh boy. Yeah. I was like, this is like LSD. And the grass was, it was, this could have been in a movie. It was like a cliche. It was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, like, you know, they're like waving at me and talking to me and looked like a little world. And I was like lost in it. I was like, that's some strong grass, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> they were talking to me. Yeah. Uh, God, well, I can't believe they listen to this podcast. No, nobody's listening. <laughs> Well, it's good. Yeah, you it's, mean the grass? It's good. It's really a pleasure, you know. I love talking with you, man. Yeah. I, I feel a real kinship with yeah. you, and I appreciate the time. And what are we plugging? We'll plug right. it in the intro too. Well, uh, I'm on tour, and uh, I'll be coming to your neighborhood. And good luck. Oh, and your and your podcast is called. And my podcast is called Lewis Black's Rantcast. Rantcast. And you can go to lewisblack.com, and you can find all the. But I, I, you know, wherever wherever I am in the calendar, I'll be in Cleveland, Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, and I'll be. I'm going to Salt Lake this week. Are you? Yeah. Who are you? Uh, uh, hilarities. Oh, hilarities! Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's. I. It was great, and there's a. Uh, and I will do this plug because uh, uh, Walter's Osteria is one of the five best Italian restaurants I've ever eaten. It's in, in Utah. It's in Utah. What is it called? Walter, V-A-L-T-E-R-S. Okay. Osteria. Okay. O-S-T-E-R-A. If you like uh, pasta, it's, it's really remarkable. But he, he's passed away. I, we, we would, on occasion, drive through, you know, if we were heading west, we would stop in Salt Lake to eat at the restaurant. No kidding. It's a great It's really. Wow. Great, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I recommend The Temple. That you oh, might cleanse yourself. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, so I recommend the magic underwear for twelve ninety five. I did go to the, the animatronic Jesus at the end of the temple. Is the oh I didn't go in the temple. There's an animatronic oh, Jesus. You haven't been in. I didn't go. Oh, in. you fucking go in. Are you serious? We do this whole fucking. Oh, I put faith in this. I toured it. I just didn't go in. Oh, for crying out loud! He's a shite. <laughs> This man, given the opportunity to reach out to one of the 75,000 great religions, and he, he just... No, Mormonism's he, in the top 75,000. <laughs> but you literally take the tour. Yeah, okay, well, there's an animatronic Jesus. Oh, and you will write me... Uh, you, I'll, I'll they, text they, you, they've thank They've taken you. the animatronic Jesus out due to COVID or whatever. It'll be disappointing. It is, I mean, I'm just, your reaction yes. to that okay. to story I'm will in. be spectacular. I'm in. Oh, no, you've got, you got 10 minutes. Really? <laughs> I think so. It's like Disneyland, it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. That it's one. pretty yeah. close to, really? I mean, it is. Hall of Presidents. Yeah. It's, it's like that. It's, I don't remember, I, I just remember going, don't laugh, you can't laugh. You just can't, don't just laugh. don't laugh. Don't laugh. 
Yeah. It was like the Oral Roberts when I saw that one when I went into the in the Oral Roberts University. There's, there's an animatronic history. Oral well, there's a kind of a whole thing there that you kind of go, you know, can't laugh. There's this part of the story, you can't laugh at that part of the story. And I bet we could get a private laughing aloud tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, Lewis, thank you so much, man. This was a real it pleasure. It was always a pleasure. Yeah. Would yeah. you say keep it crispy? It's how we it's how we close. <laughs> you say keep it crispy. I'm going to say keep it crispy? Yeah, you're going to say keep it crispy. What's that in reference to? It's just like, uh, you know, stay classy San Diego. It's just like a way of signing <laughs> off. No, nothing bad, nothing stupid. You won't be a fool. And you oh, said no, it last I'm, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah you no, know, you know you're safe. I, just, I, 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 I've said other stuff on this that be, I'll be ashamed yeah, of yeah. within 20 minutes. That's <laughs> the only thing. So uh, do me a favor, folks. Huh? Keep it crispy. There it is. There it is. Thank you, Lewis. Thanks. What a, what a pleasure.